Angle Daddy. Yes, sir. Recruited. We're going to beat your ass every time they see us. Oh, God. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll back what? Fuck you. Yeah! Yes, sir. So they want to mock us all they want to mock us. I'm telling them it's not over. So they can print all that crap all they want all over their locker. It's not over. It'll never be over here. Thank you for joining the ESGC Podcast Network. The emphasis on the N in network, because what we do is uh, sports has always been, always been collaborative. When I've been at the sports book or, you know, with bookies that owe me money, uh, it's been collaborative because it's like, hey, I know I owe you X amount of dollars. I'll come see you Tuesday. But what should the line be on this? And I'm like, okay, dude, that's going to be another 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah. What should I make the line at? Okay, and then you tell the book you want to make the line at for an extra two hundred bucks. Collaboration, man. Yeah, and that's another thing we can't do it. Hey, that, the the Auburn game too is like, you know, Vegas. They got Auburn at minus two for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they the you know like they're not favored by two point. You know, like they have more talent. You know, like Vegas is telling us something there because, like you're saying, I mean, he, I mean, he like just like you said, motivation wise, you would think Houston. You know, and Houston wasn't a – I mean, I, I mean, I watched that Cincinnati – I mean, that Cincinnati game, they weren't, like, a bad team, but I just feel like late, you know, they were just outmatched with the physicality. Yeah, they were not very impressive in that game at all. And, and I mean, and, and is Cincinnati that much more physical on the front and running the ball than Auburn? I think they're going to be – Auburn's talent – you know, they're probably got – you know, they recruit more four- or five-star guys than uh, Cincinnati. Right, but you got to like, think about, okay – uh, it's going to be a close we'll, game. Okay, let me do the intro, and then after we get done with the intro, we'll get into that game first because that's the game we want to talk about. So yeah. uh, the end in network, as you're listening to it here, we're collaborating, breaking down the game, right? But every single podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome, right? Having MBA, securities licenses, clients worth $50 million dollars, and above, managed portfolios have an MBA. So you have to approach it. Dylan knows this because he's in the, where finance was invented, right? Right in the, in the core of it, up there in Queens, St. John's University finance major. In the last few years, if you look at who wins the super contest in Vegas, in uh, New Jersey, two times that I know of, in the last couple of years have been finance majors. So you have somebody with a master's in finance, somebody's getting a bachelor's in finance, breaking down games. So the purpose is to make me money doing the podcast. I've made a lot of money with information I've gotten from the listeners to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, and this year we are, let me look at it again, but 21 and six, 21 and 6, 78%, $13,000 in profit. IRS always gives a call, and uh, the IRS agent was like, are you serious? And I'm like, and then we started, you know, getting to the argument about taxes and sports betting. 
and she was confused. <laughs> I knew more about it than she did. And that's the way it always has to be. Uh, and she'll get back to me, right? So the IRS is listening. <laughs> Probably been t- putting down bets themselves. <laughs> but it's in a trans- transitionary period where it's going to get more regulated as 36 states have legalized it. So we got to take advantage of the now. So first half, 78%, $13,000 profit. We've been 80% last couple of years. It's about collaboration and also proving the Chinese wrong. Communism doesn't work and capitalism does work because we can be diverse. We got regional diversity here. We got age diversity. I'm old, adult, dirt. And these are two young guys. <laughs> two young guys from different parts of the country, right? So. In business, you always have to get people that are smarter, tougher than you are. We got Chad. I think Chad, about this time last year, when you started listening to the podcast, I think you might have been part of the 80% bowl season. You were definitely part of the 80% NCAA tournament (laughs) cash register. And then we have Dylan Kelly. We'll have first words, Dylan, then Chad, and then we'll get into that Auburn-Houston game. Yeah, no, there's a lot of games that uh, I have notes written up for on tomorrow that I have some really confident plays here and uh, been positive so far this bowl season. It's been treating me well like the rest of us, so I'm excited to give out some picks. Right on. Yeah, man, I'm just ready to keep it rolling. Um, Like I said, 21 and 6, can't really uh, complain about 80%. The bankroll is going awesome. Um, This is just kind of like how March Madness was for me last year. Um, so I'm really just trying to lock it in and, um, and, uh, keep it going. I mean, if I can continue to do the back half of bowl season, like the front half, man, there's a lot of money and a lot of positive bankroll there can uh, kind of get my bankroll right in the right spot heading into basketball season. So. Yep. Well, I was cheating my bankroll the same as my portfolio, right? Slow and steady wins the race. So I've let my bankroll build and only taking out a portion of it and just let it grow. Slowly let it grow because that you get compound interest. Uh, 32 straight weeks in a row, NFL. So that's ridiculous to, to be able to do that. But it's like giving yourself a really high value parlay. One week builds on each, and the money builds, right? And it's different when I was uh, married, not married. Now that I am married, all advanced gasoline money comes from betting. So it justifies, you know, one less Christmas movie (laughs) times 17 Christmas Christmas lifetime movies that I've been able to escape. So got to have a plan, detailed plan for the money. That's where tax mitigation comes in and so on and so forth. So let's get to football. Yep. What are you guys' thoughts on this Auburn-Houston uh, game? And I tell you what, the other part of it is, let's talk about the value equation, psychological factor. And logic, and the value equation plays a lot to NCAA and bowl games. But it is fun to sit there and watch football game and win four out of five. <laughs> and bankroll builds and you're having fun watching games. So Auburn, 
Houston, what do you guys think? Yeah, so uh, Auburn is the two-point favorite as of right now in this game. Um, I'm going to be taking Houston. Uh, as we were saying, I think before we started recording here, I'm not sure if we were recording yet. Um, Auburn, yeah, we I think, played, yeah. they played their Super Bowl against Alabama. I think they're going to come out a little flat in this one. Houston's going to have something to prove against right. an SEC school, although the talent uh, level favors Auburn. Um, I think Houston's going to get the job done tomorrow. Um, kind of a little stat I found I think helps back up Houston. Houston leads the nation in third down defense, which I think will be important when their backs up against the wall late in the game. They need to come up with a big stop. I think they'll be able to do it. What about the total? What's your total? Um, I'm not going to be on the total tomorrow. No total? So, yeah, so me, I, uh, I was originally going – Thinking with Dylan here on Houston um, and the motivation. Thinking it back over again here, I'm actually going to go Auburn on the money line. Um, I think it's just going to be a close game. Down to the wire, I think Auburn's going to be able to squeak it out, maybe even like an overtime win. Um, I just think their talent gap is going to be just enough here to put it over the edge. Um, you know, Houston does have a couple offensive players um, that may be going to the NFL as well. Um, you know, so I don't know how much motivation some of those guys are going to have in this game. Um, if they've already solidified some draft stock for themselves. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the fight there in Houston. If this really is something they want to win, those seniors are guys that are going to the next level. If they, if they do stick around and show up for their team, um, or, you know, if it does get hard fought and, um, you know, tur you know, just kind of, you know, kind of lean, lean to Auburn here. So I just, I just think it's going to be a close game. Um, I like the over here though. Uh, I like the over in this one a lot. I think 50 is too low. I think this one should be more around 56. Um, I think this game can get to eight touchdowns here. Um, you know, I think Auburn will have some success against Houston uh, being able to move the ball. And I, I mean, I think Houston's going to get there. Houston's going to get there. They're, they're 24 to 28 here. Um, you know, I think Auburn will need to probably get to, to 31 to win this game. Um, so I, I like the over a lot in this one. Right. And we just talked about COVID, right? So last year when COVID hit, everything went over. And it was like easy layup picks because <laughs> I guess the, the bookmakers still left the casino. Who knows where they were coming up with lines with? So the overhead, like every college and pro game, you need a 90% before they adjusted, which eventually they got to do. Uh, we've hit every single over, including today. So unless some coaches have a really good defense coming around, I'm looking at over at every game. So I'm, I'm going to go Auburn Tigers at home. Money line, and it's going to go over 50 and you're going uh, plus two Houston, Dylan? Yep. Yep. So we all might win if Auburn kicks a field goal late, wins by one. Like there Cincinnati. Cincinnati was plus nine. So I was smiling at that point. Bet a little bit too. Never bet more than 25% of your bankroll. So we're going to put the top 10 rules of betting in the episode notes. Read them all. Even though. I have a dual role. 
I'm almost like a priest. Now people are sending me emails and texts uh, confessing that they violated one of the rules and they lost money and losing money consistently. And I say, son, you're forgiven of your sins. <laughs> Go sin no more. I have to use the line from uh, the Bible. Uh, but I've been violating one of my own rules lately. And it's living in the past. I got to bet what's going on now instead of the past. I think the big difference here is, you know, value equation is psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and money. So the fact that Auburn is in Birmingham, no travel costs, uh, they have to recruit Birmingham, they have to recruit Alabama uh, to eventually beat Nick Satan. It's an edge for Auburn. So that's, that's why I'm going with Auburn, the time and money, right? Uh, recruiting there. So it's a recruiting game for Auburn. Dana Holgerson, right? It's a great coach. Gets $4 million a year. Fertetta gives it to him. Fertetta is the owner of Houston Rockets. He gave Houston a billion dollars and earmarked it for the football program. <laughs> so that's a lot of money, right? And he also is a benefactor of North Texas. He gave him $500 million and built their $72 million stadium. So Fertetta has a lot of money to go around. He's the owner of the Palms. And he's the owner of sports betting software. So he has a lot of money. So I'm going to go with him. And in, in the, as far as, not, to, not, not in this game. I think the SEC will match for Ted, depending who the refs are. So this is a crazy game. But uh, the majority consensus of this podcast picks, we're going to go with your Auburn Tigers or Eagle. I remember going to a party in Opelika, Alabama. I had a beautiful girlfriend who lived there. And they go to the party, they're like, where you go? Roll, roll tie. And you have to say, <laughs> where you go? You're going to get in. <laughs> so where you go? On the money line, over 50. Next game we're going to tackle is Air Force versus Louisville. Have you guys done any research on this game? Yep, I did. So it's kind of a funny transition here because you were saying how everything's going over, going over. This game, right. I'm going to be on the under. Um, I didn't really love either side in this game, Air Force or Louisville, although the talent uh, scale would tip towards Louisville. Um, I'm going to take the under. Air Force is a triple option team. Um, I think they're going to be able to kill a lot of the clock when they have the ball. Louisville hasn't really been great against the run this year. They're 72nd in the nation against the run. So I think you'll see Air Force go on some long drives, killing the clock, and uh, it's going to force the total under just based on time of possession alone. Okay. I agree. I agree. But I like Louisville on the side, maybe like a money line side. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking Louisville here. Um, you know, they – they, they've had themselves a pretty good season um, up until this point. Kind of some letdowns. Could have had a little stronger finish at the end. I I, I really like their quarterback. I really like Malik Cunningham. Um, you know, he he like lead, you know, leads the nation in, in yards, uh, rushing yards, and, and touchdowns at quarterback. 
and uh, you know he's thrown for for close to three thousand yards. Uh, I I think he can be um, the X factor here to pull out a, a, a late win for Louisville. Right. Um, kind of give them that two or three first downs with his legs um, can kind of be that deciding factor here uh, with the ball in his hands every play. So I like Louisville on the money line. Um, I believe they are slightly favored. Let me see. Um, yeah, they're minus one and a half. So money line is minus 120. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take the points here because I, I see a very close game and with air force's ability to control the ball. Um, but I, I love that under pick. I think this under is going to go up too. Um, it's at 55. I think tomorrow morning we might be able to get, I'm really looking to get on the North side of 56, 56 and a half, the key number of 56. And I think that line's going to go up. Um, especially if that first game, that Auburn game goes over, I think we'll see some blind over bets um, right before that Louisville game. So yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking for 56, 56 and a half. I will play the under at 55, but I'm not going to bet it till the morning because I think I can get over that key number. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like in Louisville on the money line and under 56. Yep. Louisville on the money line under 56. And what the goal is to keep, right. To keep it at 80%, which ESPN says you can't do that. So we tell ESPN, listen to the podcast, learn some lesson guys. <laughs> It might not be like this forever. So let me put that on the spreadsheet here. Louisville on the money line. You see what we're doing? We're betting days before betting these games. Some games like the Rose Bowl, I always bet 30 minutes before. Some we bet now. But you can have ammunition. Um and then under is what? How many points again? 56? It's at 55. 55 right now. Yeah. Under 55. I like that a lot. All right. Now we're going to go again. This is another game where you got to look where it's being played. It's the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, Nashville's rocking. Man, everybody loves Nashville. Yep, young place to play. A lot of cool people are living there in Nashville. But this is Memphis. Memphis is more about ribs. And if you're driving in Memphis, you got these black guys with these huge trash cans. They cut them in half and fill them up with charcoal and wood, and they're cooking, bar and they're cooking barbecue. Uh, you're gonna have to stop <laughs> and get yourself some barbecues from these black guys. Uh, Mississippi State is you know they should cover let me look uh at the, what the line is now for that game uh, the last i saw was at nine and a half right so you want to go mississippi state minus nine over 58 yep i agree completely uh texas tech doesn't have a coach texas tech is going to be Five of their coaches are going to be leaving after this game as right. well, which definitely uh, is going to play a huge part. Um, they're also without their number one receiver. He's one of the best guys in the Big 12, uh, Eric Azukanma. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but um, they've got a bunch of guys on the injury list, a bunch of key guys. Coaches are 
bunch of them are departing after the game. So I don't really see how Mississippi State can not cover this one. I feel like they have to. You like the over, you said, Josh? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go over. Uh, Mike Leach has to use this as a recruiting game. He's mm-hmm. close to home, a lot of big money alumni. Now, next year, Texas Tech is going to have Zach Keeley as the offensive coordinator. We know him and love him from the Faith and Family Football podcast the year before with Ben Rasslaff, right? And that was he, it was his offensive coordinator at Houston Baptist. And then this year, uh, we monetized that thanks to Allison. His mother, uh, he was a he was his uh, offensive coordinator at Western Kentucky. Now, who is Chad? Who is Zach Kelly's best friend? I don't know. He's the offensive coordinator. Do you know Dylan? No. <laughs> okay, so Zach Keeley, former offensive coordinator, Ben Rasslas at Houston Baptist. Baptist, yeah. Oh, he's leading Western Kentucky, right? Right. He was at Western Kentucky. Now he's the office coordinator at Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yeah, that's right. His best friend, he met him at Texas Tech. They were both quarterbacks. Cliff Kingsbury. There you go. That's Josh Trivia. I'm a winner. Yes. <laughs> so it's the same offense. The air raid offense. Did we learn, man? We learned from the horse's mouth. The receiver in that offense broke it down in the Face Family Football podcast. The air raid. That's why you know so much about the air raid. The Kansas City runs, the, the LA Rams run, and we know the kryptonite as well. So we bet on. <laughs> so we have insight information. That's what we're talking about. Insight, it's not like they're telling us who, who's going to pick who's good, but we, we have insight into football, right? And we can connect the dots on a higher level than any other podcast. And we take it to monetize and would tell you with a high level of certainty that uh, Mississippi State, right, minus nine over 58. So Miss State minus nine over 58. Make that money watching football tomorrow. Next game, he'd like to hear Chad's thoughts on it. Is your usually Bruins DTR against North Carolina State? We'll go Chad then. Uh, Dylan, you do some research on this game. Yep. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got tomorrow's game down pat. Yeah. So it goes Chad and Dylan. All right. So yeah, I think. Um, Man, I I really think is is D what um is DTR playing in this game? Who's not who's not playing for UCLA? Do we know? I imagine DTR is playing. He's playing, yeah. I mean, I know he's he's probably going to the NFL for this year. I mean, he may use this game possibly he has to, improve, to. He has to. to improve his stock. Yeah, but I uh I don't think UCLA is gonna have enough here. Um I think NC State's gonna be more up for this game. Um, then UCLA, you know, UCLA's, I mean, if you just look at the, the mindset of, of the kids here, I really think that 
UCLA's taking an hour and a half bus ride, you know, down the five, come down to San Diego. Um, you know, so they're so close to home. They're not even really leaving home. Yeah, who's going to be on the bus, right? Because half yeah. the players are going to be on the bus. Half the players are going to drive over there with their family, right? Exactly. And just the week leading up to this game, right? They just spent a weekend in San Diego. What team's more likely to go out, party, get into some trouble, have all their hometown family and friends oh, yeah. in the area? You know, a lot of UCLA guys are Southern California guys. Right. So, you know, with Christmas and everything this week, I think UCLA's definitely been enjoying the holidays and family and friends a little more. Where on the other hand, NC State is traveling cross country. Those guys probably don't know a lot of people out here, don't have as a lot of family. They're probably treating this a lot more like a business trip right? Um, to get this win. Um, so with all those factors, I think NC State on the money line is the way I have to play this game here. Um, and then I think with Chip Kelly and the style that they play over at UCLA, I, th- I think this game will, will get pretty high scoring. You know, I think NC, NC State can score with them. Um, you know, UCLA is more of an offensive team, um, not a super elite defensive team here. Uh, so oh. I, I, I like this one to, uh, you know, I like a, a, a 35-31 uh, NC State win here, something like that. Um, so that's I, I'm going uh, NC State on the money line and the over. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to bet on the over too, but I'm definitely bet on. Bet the over. Bet the over. Bet the over, all right. <laughs> De- definitely also on NC State. Um, Devin Leary, their quarterback's kind of flown under the radar this year. He's thrown 35 touchdowns to just five picks. He's super efficient. And then obviously for UCLA, Thompson Robinson's great. But uh, I think NC State will do enough when they need to to um, pick him off. They've NC State's defense has had more interceptions than they've allowed touchdowns since Halloween, which is kind of ridiculous. And so I think it's going to be a shootout. Like you guys both expect to, but I think NC State definitely gets the edge. Yeah, I'll right. be there. I'm gonna I'm pull up to that game tomorrow. I'll be oh, at nice. that. Yeah, you gonna be at the Holiday Bowl? Yeah, for sure. Right, you can give us live reports of what's going on. Yeah, in the second second half line. Yeah, uh, UCLA has no defense. They have no depth on defense. Giving up a lot of points. And NC State's going to be able to get that running game going in the second half. And NC State has had little or no COVID restrictions. While UCLA has had COVID restrictions to death over there in LA County. Uh, So it's North Carolina State, the money line, the over. And uh, Chad will be telling us live. We'll report at the second half line. He's he's going to be at the game, giving us a nice report. Minnesota, right? This game is going to be in Phoenix against West Virginia. Yep. Uh, roll your boat, man. He's a good coach. Midwestern coaching. Uh, he's never lost. I'll look at it, but I don't think he's lost a bowl game. Ever other than that one time he was overmatched against uh, Wisconsin, uh, he outcoaches everybody. He outcoached Auburn. Uh, 
this is one of their better years. Remember, develop pro. The, you got blue bloods. That we'll talk about at the end, right? That's gonna be the thirty first New Year's Day. Blue bloods, right? You got people who won their conferences or finished second in their conferences, but didn't make the playoffs. Those are more or less blue blood teams. Then you have developmental teams. Developmental teams go in two-year cycles. Last year, uh, Northwestern was in a major bowl game because they were in the high cycle. Now, Northwestern, we bet against them this year. They only won three games because they were in their low cycle. Easy yep. wins. Next year, we'll start betting Northwestern again because we'll have good lines and they're going to be good dogs. Minnesota's in the second year of their two-year cycle. So that's why when the season start started and we had them plus 22 against Ohio State, first game of the season, Ohio State breaking in a new quarterback, right? I think Chad helped me on that podcast when we did the Big Ten preview. We were betting games. Uh, Phil Steele Magazine comes up in May, May, June. We were betting games, seeing, noticing the cycles, right? Because then you take pressure off in-season uh, betting. Minnesota's in the second year of the two-year cycle. Those teams almost always cover in the bowl game because it means a lot to them. You got these super seniors who are never going to see a down in the NFL. Your doctors, your lawyers, your veterinarians, right? That's, that's going to be their next stop. You're going to be there with their families, their new wife, girlfriends. It's going to be a big game for them, bowl game. You're going to enjoy the whole week. Uh, West Virginia, I think it's going to be overmatched in this game on the line of scrimmage. They'll be able to hang in for a while. Uh, so it'll definitely go under. But look for Minnesota just to have a coaching edge late. And it's Minnesota uh, minus six under 45. What do you think, Dylan and Chad? Yeah, I was actually just going to say, uh, what do you think about the under 45 in this one? Because that, that, that's what I had written down for my play in this game. Right. Um, no, it's a low to low total, but I think that um, both defenses are going to be able to prevent the big plays, and I think they're, uh, they're going to do a good job of taking away what the opposing team wants to do. Um, Minnesota ranks 11th in passing defense, which we know West Virginia is going to want to sling the ball around the field a little bit. And – Although they'll be outmatched in the trenches, I think West Virginia will be able to um, slow down Minnesota at times. And Minnesota likes to run the ball, so I, I think the under is the play here. 100%. 100%. In, in scheme, right? So Minnesota, their coach can hire 30 guys, hire some old high school, college coaches to scheme up. West Virginia – state with only 1.9 million people so there's more people in orange county in queens than they are in the state of west virginia right <laughs> that means to us is minnesota with a you know 50 million dollar a year contract with a big 12, 10 network they have more resources for scheming and coaches for this game especially in the second half uh, what do you think chad yeah i'm with you guys here um i think both defenses have the advantage against both offenses here um I think they'll definitely be able to, to limit the big play. I think we'll see a shortened game um, with, with Minnesota running the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Minnesota has the coaching advantage. Um, I, I like them to cover this one. I think they can win this game by a touchdown. 
Uh, and I think they keep it low scoring. And I see like a, a 21 to 14 Minnesota win here. Um, something right around there. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think this will be low scoring. Um, I like both the defenses a lot here. And uh, I think Minnesota running the ball um, and their coaching advantage will, will, will give them a little bit of edge here to pull it out, pull out the, the cover. I 100% agree. Next game we're going to look at is Maryland at Virginia Tech. And here, uh, I encourage everybody to listen to the first five uh, to 10 minutes of the last podcast because that resulted in 80% profit with 52.5% of break even with me betting $1,000 a game. All right. That ended up in $13,000 profit. So what you do is you look at factors and really the value equation comes in and also fundamental analysis, which has gotten people rich. Technical analysis hasn't gotten people rich. But I bet it's going to be an essay question. Has it already been an essay question for you, Dylan, in school? Uh, yeah. Fundamental analysis versus technical analysis? Yes, yep. <laughs> we'll ask uh, what side you, you uh, lay on later, but I'm on the fundamental analysis side. Nobody's ever gotten rich with technical. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis, like David Tepper, right? He runs a $25 billion hedge fund, which he sold off and used $2 billion of that money he made to buy the Carolina Panthers. But in fundamental analysis, corporate governance is a big factor, right? Right, Dylan? Corporate uh, governance, factoring that in is good. It's a big factor in fundamental analysis. Mm -hmm. You look psychological factors divided by time and money is value. So this game is classic. Uh, you have one coaching Staff intact. Uh, Loxley, the head coach of Maryland, was the offensive coordinator when Tua won the national championship, when they pulled Jalen Hurts and Tua won that. But remember, Loxley recruited Hurts and Tua. So he, he's good. He's got two starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, you got Ron Zook as special teams coordinator. Ron Zook won a Super Bowl ring with the Green Bay Packers as a uh, special teams coach. And Ron Zook was the head coach of the University of Florida at one point. So he has this all-star staff. There's some other guys on the Maryland staff. They're just lights out. Against Virginia Tech with backup quarterback, no head coach, nothing going on. Burmeister left. Uh, so this is a clear mismatch. But it's not being reflected in the line. Hopefully they're not listening. If they are, go ahead, bet it now. Maryland all day, every day, minus three over 56. Yeah, I definitely agree with you here. I'm going to be all over Maryland too. Um, the more I'm looking at it now, we talked about it beforehand with um, in the bowl games. It's interesting with the coaching scenarios and everything. And it's something you really got to take into consideration. Virginia Tech's kind of a team in shambles right now in that department. Right. And uh, you, you just can't, you can't bet on a team like that. So we we're going to have to roll with Maryland here. Yeah, Maryland. And over the number, because he's an offensive coach, uh, he wants to show off to his brother, who's the uh, who's a, uh, quarterback from Maryland. He mm. wants to get him the same contract he got to uh, so he can go out there in the recruiting ring. He's got that big 
national title ring he goes out recruiting with. Uh, he wants to leverage this game for that. So look for a blowout. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Um, I mean, this has been a common theme. You know, we look at COVID and we look at teams whose coaches are leaving, um, you know, and that's it's been a, a solid indicator uh, right. of a team playing good at this point in the season. With Virginia Tech, with their coach leaving, that whole staff in shambles, um, quarterback leaving, it it's that that team really really limped in. Um, they kind of started off hot and really limped through their last four games of the season. Um, I I don't expect them um, to to be too competitive in this one. I think Maryland should be able to win this one pretty easily here. Um, and then yeah, I just think. With the coaching in shambles, I think we see a lot of second half and fourth quarter scoring, even if the game gets away. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be some late scoring here, and this one will get over. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. I think Maryland, he has a huge coaching advantage. And with a team in shambles like Virginia Tech, I think it plays really good to the over. I Just 100%, late, yeah, late scoring, yeah. So Big time. Big time. So – Maryland minus three, I think it's a steal. I can't believe it's still minus three. Is it still minus three, guy? I'm getting three and a half. Three, three and, and a half. half. Yep. It doesn't matter. It should win by like 30 points. Yeah. Definitely taking them all the way up to a touchdown. Big time. And over yeah. and that over seems like a steal as well. Right. And, and to be honest, with the resources we have, we might have better information, right? than uh, the book bankers. Who, who knows if they have time to watch all these teams and to track it. It's been Christmas. Yeah. And we have Chad. We're blessed to have Chad who uh, <coughs> played college football. His brother's current starter for a uh, power five team. <laughs> so you should be cleaning up. Take advantage of the opportunity. All right. So Maryland minus three over 56. Iowa State against Clemson. Clemson's missing their defensive coordinator. He's going to be the head coach of your Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, again, when you look at developmental teams, one of the top Developmental teams in college football is Iowa State. Coach Dan Campbell, and he doesn't have an agent. He's dedicated to Iowa State. He comes from the MAC, and really, to coach in the MAC, you really have to do everything. You really do have to do some serious scheming because it's hard to get talent up there. Same thing with Iowa State. I might be a little biased because people I know, Tampa, is a backup quarterback at Iowa State. Uh, his dad, all those folks, they follow me on uh, Facebook. They're, they're taking these picks, making money over there at the Hard Rock. They just opened up that sports book. Uh, so I got to watch myself if I'm overestimating. So I'm going to go Iowa State plus two, under 45, because they have a more stable coaching staff going into this game. And Clemson's offense has been horrible all year. I guess a good developmental program coach who knows how to scheme. 
I believe those problems will continue. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe their offensive coordinator, Coach Elliott, was either being considered or he took a uh, another job. So there's going to be out two coordinators. And another thing that we're going at, Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney was an RG Chucks, kind of a Christian guy. If you look at some YouTube videos Dabo has, I've actually cried watching a few of Dabo's videos. He's that good. If Dabo were a preacher, do not bring your wallet or your checkbook to church. Because all your money will be gone after Dabo. That's why he's <laughs> such a great recruiter. He, instead of going out, he got like the running backs coach, uh, whoever to be the offensive coordinator and then the defensive coordinator for linebackers coach. Remember, Dabo Sweeney is the one who introduced us to Freddie Kitchens, who we loved when he was coach of the Cleveland Clowns because every week you just bet against. It was, man, that's one of those, uh, the years we got close to 80% betting NFL because all you had to do was bet against Matt Patricia and Freddie Kitchens every week. <laughs> so Freddie, Freddie Kitchen comes for the double Sweeney tree. Those guys aren't great coaches. They haven't proven to be so yet, except for Coach Scott at USF. And, but I'm biased because we haven't won more than two games in two seasons. But I think Coach Scott is a great coach. Not a lot of coaching and scheming with Clemson. It's just my ex will beat your O type of thing. So I like Iowa State plus two under 45. We'll go, uh, uh, Dylan, do you know, do any research on this game in the chat? Yeah, I just did a little bit uh, while you were talking, while I was listening to you. Um, I'm also going to be on Iowa State, probably going to stay away from the total. Um, I read that Dabo Sweeney is probably actually going to be calling the defense for Clemson. At, at, after he's they, an offensive guy. He's a wide receivers coach. <laughs> I, I, but Dabo's like going to be calling the defense. <laughs> but, oh, um, Lord. <laughs> yeah, so since they lost their uh, – D coordinator. So I think we should be in for an Iowa State um, win in a couple Big of coaching days. mismatch. People are just bidding the name Clemson. That's why they they're their favorite. Yeah, yeah, Clemson's been hasn't been good all year. And so I'm not gonna expect I mean they've gotten it together late in the season, but um I think Iowa State is gonna win this game. Okay, so Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator of Clemson, he's now the new Virginia head coach. So he's not going to be at the bowl game at all. Boom, boom. So I, you guys actually talked me into Iowa State. I was leaning, <laughs> I was leaning Clemson here. Right. But yeah, I mean that's interesting. Um, I, I mean Dabo calling the defense. <laughs> he he has no defensive background. He was the wide receivers coach at Alabama. I mean he has a great story. Yeah. I mean, he was so he poor. Played, His dad was a play, drunk. Didn't he play defense, though? No. Okay, actually, don't quote me on that. I might, I might be wrong. I'm not seeing another article. No, yeah, I, no, I, I've studied a lot Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. His mother lived with him at his dorm room because his dad yeah. was a drunk. What position? So he was a wide receiver in college? He was a wide receiver in college, and then he became – he didn't even have a scholarship. He had an academic scholarship. He did not have a football scholarship. He earned his football scholarship after Stallings figured out he was living with his mom in the dorm because she was homeless, had no place to live. So he's like, come live with me, mom. He's a happy-go-lucky dude. That's why, you know, the whole environment 
versus the person. It could go either way. But this Dallas we even had a horrible environment. His dad was a drunk. He used all his money for gambling and drinking. He works his ass off, gets an academic scholarship to Alabama, and walks on as wide receiver. That's why Renfro is such a big deal to these guys, because Renfro is a walk-on wide receiver, white guy, whatever. That's what Dabo did. So Dabo gets an MBA when he becomes a graduate assistant wide receivers coach for Gene Stallings. Remember, Gene Stallings only threw the ball three or four times a game, one with defense. He was the wide receiver there. <laughs> so he then gets his career going because they, they were only paying him $22,000 as a GA assistant. And he had to find a place for himself and his mother to live. So Dabble's job was to pay off city councils in Alabama to switch zoning from residential to commercial and back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's legal to get a kickback and to pay people city councils off in Alabama. Illegal up there in New York where you are, Dylan, but they do it anyways. Queensboro, <laughs> 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 Sheep, whatever. So then Dabble Sweeney, follow him on YouTube. The story will make you cry. All right. Uh, he begs after doing this for four or five years, making a lot of money. He made a lot of money in commercial real estate, right? Commercial real estate, right? The NFL's a commercial real estate company. So Dabble Sweeney made a lot of money in commercial real estate. He goes back and becomes Alabama's wide receiver coach. So then when the Bose, who's uh, head coach at Alabama, see corporate governance, fundamental analysis. That's why we're 80% bowl games. When he gets fired from head coach of Alabama for what? For sleeping with the secretary. That's how you got the secretary's job at University of Alabama football. <laughs> you slept with Mike DeBose. <laughs> he gets fired for that. They get rid of the whole staff. Devil Sweeney's on that staff. That's when Devil Sweeney Starts going to Baptist church and makes friends with the Bobby Bowden family. Uh, not Terry Bowden, who's in, in Monroe, but the other Bowden was head coach of Clemson. Makes him wide receivers coach, recruiting coordinator. So Bedabo Sweeney uh, recruited Sammy Watkins, recruited all those guys. Uh, probably backstabbing. I don't have any evidence on that, but Bowden gets fired, and Dabble Sweeney becomes head coach. They play USF. We blew him out with JPP <laughs> in the bowl game, first year coach. And uh, the offensive corner was Jeff Scott, who's currently the coach at USF. So he that's how he became the, the Clemson head coach. So his background has always been as he, he jumped from wide receiver coach, recruiting coordinator, to head coach. Now he's calling plays on defense. In this bowl game, yeah, that's why I'm putting my and I mean even if get, dollars on Iowa State. <laughs> even if you get someone else to call the defense and it's not him, I mean it's still going to be someone getting thrown into the fire doing it. Right. So it's yeah. not the someone there. who's never called defensive. I know. With that being said, though, I I'm I may look at this game to go over if uh, if Clemson. I mean the total is, is so, Clemson going to play zone. Clemson is going to keep everything in front of them, two high safeties, right, and wait for Iowa State to make a mistake in that zone. That's all they're going to do all game. 
and their offense has been horrible against Dan Campbell, who wants to shorten the game in half anyways because he he's at a he's at a talent disadvantage. So he wants the game shorter. So this kind of plays into his hands, and it's going to make the freshman quarterback at Clemson let him make a mistake, sort of mm-hmm. like the the Clemson Georgia game to start the season. Man, that was horrible, wasn't it? Ten to nothing, Georgia, yeah. and it, it yeah. was just waiting for Clemson to make that one mistake, which they did, and they won the game. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just, it's, I'm just looking at. I'm gonna do some more research on the Clemson play calling, but the fact that it's under 45, it's at 44 under that key number. Right. I mean, this one could easily be like 21 to 21. You know, field goal. I would say kicks a field goal to win 24 to 21, and it goes over. Yeah, it's way. under. It's under 45. Well, Josh, that'd be over. what you know about uh 24 21. Yeah, it's, it's at 21 40, is 45, yeah. Yeah, it's at 44 right now, so it's sneaked just over. I'm not sure what you know about That's why uh, you buy that extra point. Make it 45 because they beat – Clemson beat South Carolina, right? Man yeah. for man, South Carolina has more talent than Iowa State. Iowa State's just a developmental team. They got – they're scheming. And they have a month rest, right? So the starters go more in. But man for man, South Carolina – has more talent than Iowa State, and Clemson beat him in a rivalry game, then we're going to let him score 30 to nothing. So that's easy, you know? So that's the way Dabble wants to play it. Yep. I'm not sure what you know about uh, Mickey Kahn. He's a coach at Clemson as well. Looks like he was the special teams coordinator, saying he might also be uh, calling the defense. He was also right. a safety coach. Right. There's a reason he's a special teams coordinator, not yeah. even a linebacker coach. Yep. And without, you know, without Tony Elliott being there, they, they were saying that the offense was sucking because Jeff Scott wasn't in there and Tony Elliott wasn't that good. But he parlayed yeah. it to a power five high-paying job. These administrations need to call me to help them do their research. These coaches, <laughs> right. they lose all this money. So uh, both coaches, really, they want they would be happy with a 10-3 game. So under is the most likely outcome. Yep. Up to 80% because we use decision science. It's up there that's used by Stanford. I'm sure they have a decision science class at St. John's business department. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And, yeah. I'm not. Yep. Have you taken that class? No. Yeah. I'm not familiar if they have it or not, but I'm sure. I'm sure, sure they do. Stanford has it. Every single uh, Silicon Valley company uses it to make management decisions. Yeah, part of it is probability theory. In the highest level of certainty of anything is eighty percent. All our picks here are highest, and that's what we are right now. We're at 80 percent. We're at seventy nine percent, right? So the highest level of probability is eighty percent on any of the picks we get. All right. So consensus is going to be your Iowa State. In Orlando, Camping Bowl, Orlando, second half. Got to look Clemson second half line, depending how high it is. But under 45. Iowa State, Clemson. Clemson tires. And Dabble's been complaining a lot about NILs. He's got money. He's making $8 million a year complaining about NILs. People promising NILs. All right, next thing we're going to look at is your Oregon Ducks. A team that uh, – no, he hasn't seen this team 
up close. He saw the the other Oregon where they had their coaches and their players against Oklahoma, who's also lost their coach. But Stoops is coming in, who won a national title. Barry Switzer's coaching Oklahoma now. They're going to have all the alumni coaching Oklahoma. Uh, and he said that we're going to be ready for him. It's going to be less travel for Oklahoma and San Antonio. And I don't even know who's coaching Oregon. All their best players and their coach left. So this is Oklahoma minus five under 60. What do you think, Chad? And then we'll go Dylan. We'll go Dylan, then Chad. Oh, I was kind of hoping I could hear Chad talk first. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't do my research on this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, this this game, this line's jumping up. I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking at it right now because I'm trying to get my bet in. It's up to minus yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. So bet so Oklahoma we, now. Me and Josh have been talking about this game um, since it was minus three. Right. When the line came out, um, how we liked Oklahoma. I should have should have bet it better earlier. But I mean, I, I, I like Oklahoma here, um, six and a half, seven. I think they're going to easily win this game um they're gonna they're at a huge coaching advantage with with the alumni that the Barry right. Switzers that they're putting together here um even though both coaches are leaving Oklahoma's at a huge advantage um they still um o- Oklahoma hired they hired an in-house guy right they already named their new head coach Josh you- yeah do you know did Oklahoma name their new head coach? Yeah, he's the defensive coordinator at Clemson, Brent Venables. Oh, Venables, that's right, Venables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just Oregon. Oh my gosh, they limped into the end of the year. Um, you know, Oregon State should have freaking beat them. Um, you know, Jonathan Smith made some really questionable calls in that game, going for two down twenty one. Um, Really interesting calls, um, you know, handcuffed, you know, my brother, they didn't open up the spread um, until they were down 21, you know, then they go up and down the field, up and down the field, can't be stopped. Um, and then Oregon limps in the U- Utah game and gets embarrassed by them a second time in the, um, in, in the championship game, the Pac-12 championship. So, yeah, I just, I really think Oregon is in shambles. They lost their head coach. They lost their play. Moorhead, their offensive coordinator and play caller to Akron. Um, you know, they are just going to be in complete shambles coming into this game. Um, Thibodeau sitting out, you know, the number right. one pick. They're just – they've hung it up for this game. Um, and I, I really think Oklahoma is going to come out. Um, you know, all these guys – you know, you got to look at it as like a, almost like an audition or a tryout. You know, Venables is going to be watching all these guys for next year. Um, so I'm expecting Oklahoma to really show out um, and, and, and really, really dominate this game here. So I, I love Oklahoma, um, my, minus six and a half, minus seven. They're, they'll win this game by, by two or three touchdowns. Right. That's all I had to hear. I'll be on them too. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's it, – one thing to look at too is whatever Barry Switzer or Stoops tells people, these guys know how to motivate football players. I was motivated talking to watching them in the news conference, you know. Uh, and, and these are guys that won a lot of games, made you know a lot of money. I know Stoops' dad, the way Stoops' dad died, right? All his sons are coaches at high level, power five, making millions of dollars. The way he died was 82 years old as a volunteer coach 
in a high school game where the kicker misses the extra point in triple overtime. <laughs> he had a heart attack. <laughs> That's how his dad died on the football field. And uh, Stoops is still having a heart attack. He tired, but now he's back for this bowl game. Oklahoma is going to be so fired up. Not going to be funny. And big blowout win for them. Yeah, Barry Switzer all day. You know, he's he's around that program constantly. Right. He's at every home game in box suites. Um, you know, I, I have some some buddies in that area that 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 are actually know Barry Switzer, and he is wow. very involved in the program. Yeah, Dylan, if you haven't read that book or YouTube chat, Bootlegger's Boy by Barry Switzer. Read that book. It's a great book. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'll have to check it you out. See what he's Super Bowl winning coach. National championship winning coach Barry Switzer still at it, man. Coaching the Sooners in this bowl game, Alma Bowl. I'm gonna be excited to watch a blowout. North Carolina's, um, and no, Dylan has to go. Thanks for joining us, Dylan. Stay as long See as you guys on. Thank you for having me on. I'll be in touch with you guys. Oh, big time. We need that St. John's Big East knowledge. Yep. Uh, what well, you know, you're also welcome to listen to, you should listen to. Uh, Honecker, the gifts department at Butler. Mm-hmm. We had a great podcast. All right. It's all about money in the Big East. Basketball. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Right. You're looking for a job. We, can, we got it. you hooked up, man. All over there the country, <laughs> wherever you want to go, Dylan. Thank you very much, Josh. All right. Absolutely. All right. So, talking about national championship winning coach, uh, North Carolina. Matt, uh, I want to call him Max Brown. Max Brown was on the podcast, Face Family Football. Max Brown, uh, starting quarterback at USC, got beat out by Sam Darnold. But uh, Mac Brown, Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, but national championship. He beat Pete Carroll. He beat him with plus one in the Heisman Trophy winner. Forgot, forgot his name. Uh, Young was his last name. He fizzled out in the NFL. You can only do plus one so much in the NFL. Uh, minus nine, under 59. The music, not the music city, but the uh, Bank Duke's, of America. Duke's Mayo. Duke's Mayo. That's the South, we'll get the South Carolina, North Carolina is the Duke's Mayo. Yeah. So it's a mayonnaise bowl. Mayonnaise. <laughs> Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's a home game for North Carolina. Basically, South Carolina transition again. They did what they could do. Uh, they've been out recruiting. Probably not much time for the bowl game. Mac Brown is more organized. He has a whole game plan, whole scenario for the bowl game. He's one of those coaches that uh, delegates. And he sits back and he choreographs the whole season. So we'll see what he has written up for the bowl game he usually covers and I think this is going to go under because South Carolina they'll have a quarterback next year they got uh Bo Nix in the who did they get they got some but not Bo Nix but they got somebody to transfer portal Spencer Rattler I think out of Oklahoma exactly Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma because uh coach Beamer used to coach at Oklahoma recruited him to Oklahoma now he recruited him to South Carolina he's not going to be playing in this game uh so look for uh, North Carolina in that game plan. Mac Brown came up with a long time ago for this game. 
dominate. North Carolina minus nine, under 59. Any objections, uh, Chad? None at all. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Clemson just, just beat South Carolina 30 to zero. Um, I, I, I don't think South Carolina offensively is, is, uh, they're going to be kind of methodical, um, you know, probably run the ball uh, a lot here. I like North Carolina to, to win this one and then, um, and kind of just coast it out, uh, you know, with, with a decent lead here. And I, I don't think South Carolina is going to really, they don't have the team to start throwing around the field to try to get right. back in the game down 14, down 20. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be an under game and I think North Carolina can, can control this one the whole way through and get a pretty handily win. 100% agree. So the next thing I'm going to look at is the Tennessee Volunteers against the Purdue Boilermakers. And I think you were at that game when your brother played Purdue. Yep. Uh, Coach Heupel, you got to look at their body language and stuff. He looked really happy. Uh, he recruited well in the transfer portal this year. They looked good. They went toe-to-toe with Alabama. Uh, this is a home game for them in Nashville. He needs this for this Tennessee recruiting. Purdue can be had in that secondary as Chase Nolan, Chad's brother, exploited that secondary. It looked like Chance was a man, man among boys to get their Purdue uh, secondary. <laughs> it seemed like Chance uh, would love to play the Purdue secondary every, you know, every weekend. And this is what Coach Heifel teaches in clinics, but he extra. He's an expert at. Now, something we saw this year with Tennessee, and I've seen all of Josh Heifel's teams, even teams he was coordinated for. I saw them when he was at You Can't Finish, which is the rival yourself. He likes to get off to the fast starts. Gets a big early in the second half. Just trying to, you know, maintain it in the second half. First half comes out to a big lead. So I'm going Tennessee first half line. Tennessee minus six, over 64. Jeff Brom. The head coach of the Boilermakers makes seven million dollars a year as a former quarterback and offensive guru. So he's not gonna, even though he's being blown blown out on the road here, which is basically an unfair game. Uh, he's still gonna try to score, get this over sixty-four points. So look for Josh Heupel, Tennessee Volunteers minus six over sixty-four Tennessee first half line. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I mean, it's a home game for Tennessee. Um, you know, huge for their recruiting. Um, you know, they 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 really need this one. That program has made it made a turn to the positive this year. Right. Um, and yeah, I I think they can really come out. Um, you know, jump out to a lead. Uh, definitely a shootout style game. Right. Um, but yeah, I I uh, I, I think uh, Tennessee will win this game by a touchdown. I, I think it'll be a shootout. Um, you know, I think I think a, a, a 42 to 28, 42 to 35 game is kind of what we're in store for here. So right. I like that. Right. Yeah, Scott's watching on YouTube and uh, he likes that North Carolina pick. You have to miss a, the pinstripe bowl. Because Virginia knew they were going to get blown out and didn't want to suffer the embarrassment. Yep. So Tennessee minus six over 64. First half, first half line, Tennessee. 
Pitt, Michigan State. Right. So all these games are going to be Thursday the 30th. This is going to be the Peach Bowl. I was uh, like watching the Peach Bowl. They have decent teams. Uh, Pitt's going to be missing offensive coordinator Ripple, who I think coach Chance at uh, at uh, at Middle Tennessee State. Ripple, great coach, coach over forty years. He's out. Uh, he's going to have two coordinators that have experience, though, as offensive coordinators and major schools. Uh, they're missing starting quarterback. They, you can talk to this, uh, Chad. I don't know why the starting quarterback's missing the bowl game. He could have gotten probably a hundred grand for playing the game because you can pay guys. Uh, so instead of getting a hundred grand, what he's doing is preparing for the draft. I didn't think it was that great to, to me. I think Chance is a better quarterback than he is. He had the fake uh, slide, the championship game against yeah, Clemson. Made, yeah, it made a big deal about, but got the rule changed. <laughs> got the rule changed. Those fake slide. Uh, yeah. He was gone though. Uh, it's interesting how he throws with gloves too. He's the only quarterback that I mean I've really seen besides maybe Kurt Warner. I think did it to throw with gloves on. It's right. pretty unique. Yeah, and this is if you live in the past, you die in the past, and that's that's one thing I gotta follow my own advice on this. I've been living in the past with some NFL picks, not being in the present moment that Anna, my wife, teaches as a psychotherapist. So, living in the moment, Pittsburgh, Michigan State's going over, even though you have two both. This is a Bill Belichick, Nick Satan game, both from the Nick Satan. Uh, Bill Belichick tree, right? Narduzzi and Mel Tucker. Who Mel Tucker was the defensive back coach at Alabama, won a national title with Kirby Smart. I mean, Kirby takes him over to Georgia. He was part of that game. Lost league was in where Tua came in. But Georgia should have won the national title. And Mel Tucker as Kirby Smart's defensive coordinator, Adam B. And he let him slip away, like we say it. <laughs> okay, so now uh, Scott is uh, living in the – if you live in the past, you die in the past. You're officially naming it on the podcast, the Pete Carroll rule. Because <laughs> Pete Carroll had that big lead in the fourth quarter, and he was doing old school, trying to run out the clock, and you can't do it. You don't have the talent to do it. You got to stay aggressive, Pete. He lost that lead against Nick Foles, Super Bowl winning quarterback Nick Foles. So the, using the Pete Carroll rule now, we're going to go uh, over 56. And I think there's an overreaction to the coaches missing in this game. And the Heisman Trophy. He was, he was, did he, was he in the top five for Heisman Trophy? I don't even know. I wasn't even Ooh. paying attention. The guy Ooh. from Pitt, the quarterback. I don't think he's that Wait, good. No. He was a finalist. Yeah, he oh, was yeah, he was. Finalist. I don't think he was that good. I mean, he was a finalist. So I think they're overreacting. Too much ESPN watching here. Narducci has uh, been coaching a lot longer than Mel Tucker. Remember, Mel Tucker only has two years. Even though he got the $9 million a year and people are going freaking out over it, he's only had one season. 
Yeah, the, the four finalists, I believe, were uh, Pickett from Pittsburgh. You had Bryce Young, who the win, the winner from Alabama. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, quarterback, and then the the Aiden Hutchinson, the end from Michigan. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. Chance should have been invited. Free trip to New York. Yeah, so, you gotta let me know where the Jimmy Kimball swag was. And I, uh, like for this game right here, the Peach Bowl, I was reading, each player gets a five hundred dollar Visa gift, uh, Visa debit card gift card. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, a free PlayStation. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. Yeah, like five thousand dollars worth of stuff each each player gets in the bowl game. Yeah, I don't know what they got. A bunch of gear. They got like some couple hundred dollar pair of sunglasses. They got a uh, like bag. Take it to the comedy store to see Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Some shoes. I, I know when my brother played in the New Orleans Bowl, they were giving them checks. They got like a uh, hundred fifty dollar checks every day. Oh, nice every day, right? Hey, yeah, for five or six days in a row, they were getting checks every day. Yeah. yeah I know. Good thing the sports book goes in open. Right. <laughs> uh, so I'm going pit plus three coaching mismatch, Narducci over Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker's only had one year at, with a winning record, which was this year at Michigan State. He bailed on Colorado. Remember, he was head coach at Colorado. He bails on them to get to Michigan State. He had a below 500 record there. This is the first bowl game as a head coach, right? Uh, I like Pittsburgh uh, because the scheme. Max Brown actually went from USC to Pittsburgh. Give us insight on that podcast, which I encourage people to listen to because it's me asking the questions, right? What kind of questions is Josh going to ask when he's talking to Max Brown, John Bronson, all these NFL guys? It's information you can use long-term. So I like Pittsburgh plus three over 56 as these two defensive-minded guys in a bowl game are going to say, screw it. All right, let's, let's, let's go ahead and make it a, sh- uh, uh, a shootout and let's leave our defensive schemes for conference games next year. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, no, I uh... – I like it. You know, the uh, I believe the the star running back from Michigan State is sitting this game out as well. Um, God, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I believe. Kenneth Walker. I believe he's sitting out. So, yeah, I I, I think Michigan is is going to have to uh, adjust and, and throw the ball a little bit more here. I think Michigan State does open it up. You know, Pittsburgh's been wide open all year. Right. Um, you know, so – they have good weapons and good receivers here. Um, I think the backup can, can can get can get it done here, and I think Michigan State will have to open up that offense a little more. Um, I think the coaching advantage—you got to go pit here, um, getting points. You know, this is Mel Tucker's first postseason, like you said. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I that was an interesting point you made about both teams kind of leave, even though we have defensive coaches here, leaving those schemes. Um, you know, for 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 conference play next year. Yeah, well, I why that, put it on film now? Exactly, especially with study all summer. Especially with both offenses. Um, you know, Pitt missing their quarterback, Michigan State missing their star running back. Both offenses are already watered down at this point, so I don't need to put all my eggs there. I should be right. able, you know, be able to to, to compete and keep it close to the vanilla scheme. Um. 
And yeah, I mean, if under that key number of 56 here, I think this game gets to eight touchdowns and gets you to 56. So right, I'm, and I'm, big money alumni that are paying all this money go down there to um, Atlanta. They want to have fun, man. They want to see some scoring. The, these programs are not at the point where they can get away with a 10-3 game. No. Right? These people are donating hundreds of millions of dollars to the university. They want to be entertained in the bowl game. Bowl games are about fun. I've had a lot of fun, a lot of different bowl games. When I was younger, I could sit there and tailgate in the parking lot all day in the South with these uh, great and, and the Midwest, right? They take those RVs <laughs> and, and they take them down to the parking lot of the bowl game. And then they go out, find big trash cans or big those big cans, cut them in half, fill them with charcoal and wood. Start, uh, start cooking hot dogs and burgers and ribs. Hey, boy. Hey, come over here. You don't, you don't have a beer in your hand. Here you go. Hey, you don't have a hot dog in your hand. Here you go. Tailgating in the South for a bowl game. Peach Bowl. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Pitt plus three over 56. Las Vegas Bowl. More RVs. But these RVs are, are from Wisconsin against Arizona State and uh, Marvin Lewis and um, Herm Edwards. Pierce is still a defense coordinator. Arizona's going straight to probation of those uh, private detectives who couldn't find anything on chance. <laughs> but they did find, well, these USC private detectives did find uh, Arizona State violating, so they're going to be in violation. Jalen Daniels got outplayed by Chance. Chance beat him up there. Were you there for that game? Yep. Yeah, yeah you there. were there for that game. So you saw Jalen Downs in person. Uh, Wisconsin, again, a developmental team. They have to scheme. Uh, yeah, I saw Jalen Daniels play in high school. He played my brother in high school his senior damn. year. So you know Jalen Daniels. Yep. Uh, it's going to be an easy scheme for Wisconsin. Wisconsin's coming off. Good bowl game last year. We saw that game, bowl game last year, I remember. Yeah, they Wake, played, uh, Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. Yeah. They knew exactly what the quarterback was doing. With the they won us money in that one, yeah. Yeah. So, I like him again. Minus six. Ready to go. Very prepared. Really, it's a coaching mismatch. Because Herm, he's more of a CEO administrator. He's kind of checked out from coaching. And the person actually coaching the team is Marvin Lewis. He's the executive assistant head coach, but he's making $2 million a year doing it. He's literally coaching the team, but now they're going to be on probation. Uh, very undisciplined. They came back from the, from the, from the bye week. They played so badly that I suspect them, suspected them of throwing the game. That's how badly they played. Now they're coming in off another big break. Even if Herm hasn't fired up, it's just huge coaching mismatch in a light stadium, Las Vegas mod. So I'm going Wisconsin minus six, under 42 as the Wisconsin zone. Ben, but not, do not break. You're going to see Arizona with a couple long drives that are going to end up in field goals, not touchdowns. And just the possessions are going to be limited. So I look for Wisconsin to win this game 28 to 13. What do you think, Chad? 
Yeah, um, I, I like Wisconsin here under a touchdown. I, I just think, uh, you know, this is kind of what Wisconsin, you know, lives for in the postseason. Right. Um, I've seen them a few years ago on a holiday bowl. You know, they travel really well. Those fans are absolutely floored at the idea of getting out of Wisconsin for four or five days and coming to Las Vegas. Some nice weather, um, not freezing, snowing tundra. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to travel well. They're going to hit the casinos hard. They're going to hit those casinos hard. Wisconsin fans are going to be there. It's going to be a great atmosphere for Wisconsin. And, you know, this is a type of game that they strive for every year. They want to come out to the West Coast. They want to play in the Holiday Bowl. They want to play, you know, in the L.A. Bowl, in the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, you know, they 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 want they, – they, 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 the, you know, the Rose Bowl is obviously, you know, the, the, right. the top one. But that Southern California, uh, West Coast, nice weather bowl game. Um, you know, so I, I think it's a lot more motivation here for Wisconsin. Like you said, I think Arizona State's kind of checked out. I think um, – even, you know, their head coaching wise, they've kind of, you know, struggled to end the year. Um, you know, they got a nice win against against their rival Arizona, who's probably one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 to end the year. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Wisconsin here. I think this is they're more up for it. This is what they they want to be in. They're, they're looking to be here um, where Arizona State, I think, is just kind of limping in. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, 42 is really, really low. But, um, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin is going to control this clock. Um, right. We're, we're going to see great ball control, a lot of running, you know. And, you know, Arizona State really wants to run the ball. Jaden Daniels' passing has not been great. You know, the, the um, he's really regressed this year in the passing. So, at the end of the day, um, you know, Arizona State and, you know, Rashad White is probably going to be a first, second-round pick who's not going to play at running back for Arizona State, which is going to hurt him. Right. Um, you know, they have a dude backing him up who's not bad. Uh, but I think Arizona State's going to really want to run the ball here as well. Um, you know, in Arizona State, you know, they play NFL style with with Marvin Lewis and Herman Edwards. So, um, you know, they they do put a lot on that defense. That defense is is um, is solid. Has been solid for them all year. So yeah, I think this game's going to go under. I think you got two good defenses and two two teams who really, at their heart and soul, want to run the ball. Um, so yeah, I like this one. One to stay uh, stay low scoring. And I think Wisconsin can win the, win this one by a touchdown. So yeah, I'm with you. Wisconsin minus six, under 42 and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be fun watching that game. I always like watching, you know, that Wisconsin offensive line. If you saw them at the Holiday Bowl, uh, you know, you and I would have gotten field level before the game and watched them practice off the line. Yeah, right? I think they played like Washington State or somebody. I can't remember. Right. And it's good. Like, uh, I remember that game. Watching them uh, warm up and to see how big they are. I saw them in Florida at the uh, Outback Bowl. And I got down there to feel level. It's the routine they have, too. It's a legendary routine that they have for warming up before games. it's always very interesting to see how massive and big these guys are. So we'll watch this as a prep for the next pick, which is Oklahoma. Let me know if you can see this, Chad. That's uh, Ray Edmonds. This is a heavyweight 
wrestling match for the Ohio State wrestling title. Luke. This is the coach for Cincinnati, Luke, Luke Finkel, uh, who was 38 and 0 as a wrestling coach. So in football, college football, you have developmental teams versus blue blood teams, right? And that's why right here we're seeing his high school wrestling match, why Luke Finkel is a great developmental t- team, especially for group of five. He gets guys in the NFL. His offensive line gets two, three guys in the NFL every year because he knows how to coach technique. Notice the other guy's bigger than him. And the other guy was actually beating him in the beginning. Then Luke Finkel gets that mean streak. Nobody wants to fight the coach. So when he gets in your face in the locker or whatever, nobody's fighting coach. So coach, skinny dude, I guess, you know, bigger. Look at, look at the arms on the black guy. Compared to Coach Finkel, right? The other guy's arms are twice as big as him. He's got technique. He's got that energy. It literally, he looks the same, right? He's a really dedicated Catholic guy. He has like 15 kids. Can you see the screen, Chad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching it. Yeah. So he's got that technique, that energy. He's getting him off the jump. And this Oof. is what he's expecting Oof. from his offensive lineman. <laughs> And his ass. Yeah, you got. It. Come on, ref. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's Coach Finkel, right? For those watching on the live stream, a bonus. So, for those reasons, right? The team that he puts together, Styles makes fights. Salesmen think short term, businessmen and women think long term. Believe me, uh, the game plan that Alabama had against Auburn was different than what's for Georgia, where he blew out Curry Smart. Uh, Nick Satan wants to save some of those marbles, especially with a freshman quarterback, for the title game. Cincinnati, with that technique you saw, uh, they can play that style with Alabama and play that let the other team make a mistake too high safety zone keep everything in front Cincinnati can can, has the athletes to run with Alabama and keep them in check Satan doesn't want to blow anybody out 15 is too many points so it's 59 look for Alabama to win this game 24 to 10 which means we cover both sides of this Luke Finkel can play that hard physical game because that's that's who he is. That's what he built his program around. And they played, they beat, they pretty much beat Georgia last year. Uh, I won the plus nine because people are just betting the SEC for the SEC. Then look at this game. This game is being played on December the 31st at 3.30 p.m. I don't know if that's West Coast or East Coast time. Either way, people are going to be at the Foxwoods, at Biloxi, Mississippi, Las Vegas, in the Midwest, drunk, just playing Alabama in the over. This, who knows, it might get up to 21. So half hour before kickoff, bet plus the Bearcats, Cincinnati Bearcats, under 59 or whatever it is, because the whole world's going to be betting the over. 
Cincinnati plus and under 59. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you here. Um, you know, Cincinnati is, you know, they're they've got they've got, you know, the every single group five school in the history of football, you know, right. not just this year, they got guys who played group five football back in the 90s and early 2000s and right you know all kind of you know all of that um you know so i mean motivation wise right these kids should be willing to run through a damn brick wall every play <laughs> um yeah yeah so so you would think i mean getting 14 points here um you know with that kind of motivation right you know i think this is the best group five school that we've ever had um yeah, and I, I think the points are a little too high. I think this is going to be a hard-fought game. Um, you know, Cincinnati's got a great running back. They're going to, you know, they're going to try to run the ball, you know, and see if they can establish that running game with four. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, I think this one doesn't get to 56. I think this one stays under 56. I don't think this one gets to eight touchdowns. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Cincinnati can keep this within, you know, a seven to ten-point game easily. Um, um, cover this one, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I, I think this could be close to the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think. This... I remember, I remember. I uh, had a friend who's now works for the Tampa PD, Bill Logan, second team linebacker. Now he's an executive of the police department, but he was second team linebacker, Florida State. It was at like 92, 93, with Florida State against Louisville. And I sneak into the Louisville locker room right before kickoff. And, you know, pregame speeches are overrated, right? <laughs> they only they last until you get hit the first time. But we're a uh, Hall of Fame coach won the national championship with Miami, Howard Schnellenberger. And everybody was in their position groups and they were talking. It was kind of loud. And they had this big clock. I don't know if you've seen them in locker rooms, but they had this big clock that tells you the time before you have to go run it back out on the field. And when it hit 30 seconds, everybody just stopped talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's going on? Everybody just immediately stopped, stopped talking, and you can hear a pin in the room. And Howard Schnellenberger goes to the front of the room, and he says, men, Florida State players, we're given scholarships. All you here with me at Louisville got to work for your scholarships. And I know if there's a fight between somebody who was given something and somebody who had to take something, work hard for something, I'm taking the people who are working hard. So go out there and kick Florida State's ass. <laughs> they got beat like 30 to nothing, but it was a great speech. <laughs> had me motivated. That's Finkel's gonna say something. He's not a rah 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 type of guy. <laughs> He's one of those quiet guys, man. But if you mess with him, you saw you'll get pinned quick. Uh, I like Cincinnati. They had to work for the scholarship. These elemental team, they had to develop themselves. That running back you're gonna see for Cincinnati. He's an NFL back, but he developed himself into the NFL versus these Alabama guys who were five star from the get go. But that's what makes Nick Saban great is that he's a developmental coach. And this is their developmental team because they won the national championship last year. Developmental team for Nick Satan get to the playoffs and lose. So 
I like Cincinnati for the players who have to work for something versus the ones who are given something. All right. So Alabama versus the Bearcats. Bearcats plus 15, under 59. The Georgia Bulldogs. The line is minus 753. What do you think, Chad? Are those dogs going to hunt? Is it Wolverines or is it going to be a dog fight? Uh, well, I know, man. Right when, the dogs. Right when this line came out, I know you, you like Georgia minus seven. Um, you know, now I know the line got up to eight. I think it's back at seven and a half now. Man, this game is – I've gone back and forth on this game for the last two weeks. Um, I, you know, on the other side of seven, I like Georgia. On right. the north side of seven, I like Michigan. Right. Um, you know, that's kind of right where I'm at. I know, like, I think it opened at six, six and a half. I know you, I think you bet Georgia right when it came out. Um, yeah. I, I think. Waiting for the line to balloon, right? So exactly. I'm not, exactly. I'm not married to a pick. Same way yeah. you're not married to a stock. I'm not yeah. like married to, to a pick. I'm willing and able as I do more research. Right, I'm willing and able to go the other way. I I think we see a balloon here. Yeah, and I like Michigan with a plus eight or nine or ten. Um, I think they can keep this one close, man. I really like them defensively. Aiden Hutchinson is the best player on the field. Right. Um, with that Georgia defense. I mean, Georgia has defense with all these guys, all, you know, six first round pick. Aiden Hush is the best player on the field. He's ranked higher than any of those guys in, in draft stock and where he's going to go. Michigan has the best defensive player on the field. Um, you know, so I think with a balloon line here, I, I think plus eight and a half, plus nine, I, I think I got to go. Oh, I'm yeah, plus win. 10. Plus got to go Michigan. If you here. look at Harbaugh, you look at uh, this is a heavyweight fight. Except for uh, the fact that I think Georgia has more depth than Michigan. And a lot of people are discounting Michigan's win because that Ohio State win uh, is tainted by the fact that Oregon beat Ohio State at Ohio State. So people are, are saying, okay, how, how good was the, the Big Ten? this year uh, but the other side of the coin there is How that is the georgia georgia's deep except for their secondary uh you're looking at harbaugh harbaugh family right head coach at uh south florida willie taggart who won two national titles at western kentucky when they were fcs with daddy harbaugh as a coach Brother Harbaugh, who is going to be in the committee for this game plan, won a Super Bowl with your Baltimore Ravens. You got Daddy Harbaugh, and then you got Jim Harbaugh all scheming for this game here. And they know as they start their meeting that they don't have to figure out a game plan uh, to exploit the secondary at Georgia. The, the whole Georgia team is solid except for the secondary. The whole Georgia offense is solid, except for the quarterback. 
people are saying that Michigan is going to be up at halftime and that JT Daniels is going to come in. Uh, the only reason JT Daniels isn't playing, I'm told, but people who know what the hell's going on is that Kirby Smart is pissed off at his parents, right? Uh, JT Daniels' parents are the type of parents that get in fights in Little League games. <laughs> and these coaches in the South are tyrants. They don't want anybody in their business, right, of coaching the football team. So when the Georgia doctor says your son's ready to play and you say no, our doctor in Irvine says he's not. Then and, and Stetson Bennett's dad is friends with Kobe, Kirby. Kirby's going like this. Hey, I love you, JT. Letting him on the sidelines, getting him in the game plan. Coach Monken, his brother is the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now he's with uh, these guys. But his brother is the head coach at Army. Todd Monken, coaching the NFL. He's coaching up JT, but he's not putting him in the game because Kirby Smart hates his parents. So you know more about this than I do, Chad. In that situation, those type of coaches, is JT Daniels going to see the field in Florida? Because he, he yeah, Georgia, because he's a better quarterback than Seth Bennett. Yeah. I would say he only sees the field if if Kirby feels like <laughs> that that they're losing and Stetson is. Bennett is, is not performing and that, you know, they like, it's like a last resort. Like, right. I, I, I had like, I'm going to lose. I got to do something. Right. You know, and that, you know, that could be it. But I mean, yeah, if it's close or they're winning, I don't think we see Stetson Bennett, yeah. um, you know, only, I mean, but I mean, that's the case always, you know, like we didn't, we didn't, we're not going to see Tua in the national championship you know, against Georgia, if that's not a close game, that doesn't go to overtime. You know, if they're winning that game, we never see. There was no grudge. There was no beef between Satan and Tua's parents. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you know, even in a tie game like that, I probably probably don't see JT Daniels because of that beef. It, uh, I think Michigan's going to have to get up probably two touchdowns. Um, You know, Michigan can get up early and the Georgia offense is stagnant. You know, that'd probably be the the best – formula to, to see JT get, in the, get into this one. I boiled this down, this game to, and I really liked him. I was looking for this. Uh, McNamara, the freshman quarterback, Cade McNamara. Not a freshman. He's a... Yeah, he's a freshman, I think, technically, but I think he might be a third-year freshman. Right, right, because he got like a COVID he, year. He actually played he, last year. He redshirted, and then he had a COVID year, and now he's a freshman again. I like the way he, he stood in the pocket during pressure games and delivered the ball. If he could deliver some balls and exploit that Georgia secondary. He's a, you know, he's a great quarterback. I, I worked out with him once. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he actually, uh, he, he, he's trained with Jordan Palmer. Got it. Um, as a youth middle and high school kid coming up, his family would yeah. drive down, get some workouts in with Jordan Palmer, um, you know, four or five, you know, workouts in and then go back come down for a week couple times a year so yeah i mean i, I i've seen him yeah uh, he knows what to do he knows what to do i saw He's him work out year. in 2020 in the covid year uh about march april right before everything kind of shut down 2020 right. um and yeah i mean he was impressive man I, I mean that was two years ago he was he was slinging it you know and he was legit he was already committed to michigan at that time 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really think mechanically he is a, one of the top quarterbacks um, in college football. He is legit. Um, you know, he's got that, that, uh, that grit, that, that winning intangible um, right. on top of the ability and, and, and the mechanics. Um, I really think he's got that X factor that I look for in quarterbacks. That's kind of just like the, uh, you know, you don't, he doesn't show up in practice or seven on seven. It really only shows up when the bullets are flying and you got DNs coming at you off the edge that are, you know, right. best athletes and, you know, in the world. Um, you know, I think he's got that intangible, you know, so I, I, I really give Michigan the edge here at the quarterback position in this game, you know, and, and they do a nice little thing with their one, two punch as well. You know, they Harbaugh, um, you know, he does a good job of getting um, can't, Patterson, I think is the other quarterback. He does a good job of getting Patterson in there and, and, and Patterson making key runs. Alex and, Bowman, I think, is who you're talking about. Patterson um, was the quarterback last year. Last year, yeah. Well, they they bring in this other guy that that's a running threat. Right. And they, they've done a good job at really making it timely. They don't get McNamara out of his rhythm. Um, you know, they, they keep get get that, the other quarterback involved. He makes big plays with his legs in crucial moments. Um, you know, so I, I I like what Michigan's doing offensively. Um, you know. They looked really good against Iowa, um, you know, in all, all in all phases, um, you know. So, I mean, I'm 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 probably leaning here, Michigan, with the balloon line. Um, you know, right now I can get them at plus eight, but I mean, I, yeah, if I can get them plus ten, I'll go Michigan plus ten. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Michigan can win the game because I think in a last minute drive, the depth is going to kill them. And it's in Miami. Let me check the weather in Miami. Georgia's going to be better off with the weather. And with uh, climate change, really hit Florida hard. You know, it's just down there. And couldn't breathe. Ten day Miami. Miami weather. So this game is going to be the thirty first. It is going to be eighty one degrees, seventy five percent humidity. So this big NFL like Michigan offensive lineman, they do have depth. They just there's who they're playing, right? And Georgia has depth on defense. They can bring in fresh defensive linemen. So I'm gonna go with the Georgia second half line as well. Because in that last drive, that that's just gonna make a difference, right? Uh, Georgia, I mean, Georgia can bring in a rotation of eight, nine defensive linemen. So that last drive in the game where Georgia needs to stop to get their offense the ball, and then converse the Michigan defensive line versus uh, the Georgia offensive line. Uh, got to go with Coach Monk and, and got to go with uh, Coach Luke. Coach Luke was a head coach of Mississippi. He's the offensive line coach for Georgia. Done a great job with that offensive line this year. Everything's solid in Georgia. And Stetson Bennett, who knows? Is Stetson Bennett going to choke if it's a last-minute drive, Chad? 
I mean, he hasn't had to do much this year. No. I mean, that's what worries. You know, and, and that's something that I think is really – I mean, like I heard – I think it was Mark Sanchez, I think, was talking on like the herd or some shit. But, you know, Mark he Sanchez – He lives over there. I'll go run by that lake where he lives at. Yeah. Mark Sanchez was talking about Trevor Lawrence, you know, how, you know, he never had to lead a game-winning drive, you right. know, all through high school. He won every game. was wide open. There wasn't a guy 25 yards yeah. to 18, and he flipped it over to him. All at Clemson, you know, they, they dominated, um, you know, throwing to wide open receivers. He's out of the game by the third quarter. He rarely even plays in the fourth quarter, you know, through high school and college. Um, you know, and, and I, I really think there's something to that, you know, like oh, quarterback, yeah. like my brother in high school, he didn't even have one receiver that was good enough to go to junior college, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's like, he's having to throw to guys who aren't open and they're not right. five-star guys. They're like, not even ever going to play a down a high of football after high school. Right. So he has to be that much more accurate throwing to these guys no, he's got to put it right on him. You know, the guy's not about to jump up and make a awesome, you know, bet and, and bail him out. You know, so I, I I think a lot of these, you know, Justin Fields, we've seen it, right? I mean, well, look at look at Wake Forest, right? Wake Forest, what are the they were in that one day in the ACC championship game, and their defense was giving up fifty points a game. Right? Yeah. A little playing the AC, ACC, I don't think it's anywhere near uh, Pac twelve as far as defensive backs. Cal puts. Cal mid-level Pac-12 program. Oh, Washington, two, three, Oregon. TVs, oh, Washington, yeah. Yeah. No, so, so I mean, I think I, I don't think the ACC is as good as the AAC either. You know, so that's a that's a huge, you know, a huge point is that a lot of these guys that come in these top high school programs go to these, you know, these schools, the Georgias and the Clemsons right. of the world, you know, it is if we're gonna make a last if Georgia's down three. Right. And the running game's getting stuffed, and it's on Stetson Bennett. He's got to make the throws and, and got to make the plays. I mean, I I probably would put my money on the Michigan defense to come up with, with it one one big play. Um, you know, putting the the game in Stetson Bennett's hands. You know, I don't I don't, and I think it's tough to just ask somebody to even do that when, in a in a game like that when they haven't had to do that for you all year. All they've had to right. do is be a game manager. You know, let's go play Missouri and let's go, you know, we're going to win 55 to three, you know, you know, JT Daniels gets to play the fourth quarter. You know, it's just, a, it's just. Um, but it's a rarity, I think, too, where there's two close games. Usually one game's a blowout, one game's close, and it's usually the game that you didn't think. So I think the close game is the game you didn't think the Alabama-Cincinnati would be close. The blowout will be this game. And that scenario, it'll be Georgia blowing out Michigan. Yeah. And I think no, I, where the blow is going to happen, it's going to be in the second half. If Michigan is sky high in 80-degree weather, yeah, 90-degree humidity, coming back out in the second half, I don't know how much energy they're going to have. So, I mean, I, I from, from us talking so far, I think we're both leaning the over in this one. Oh, yeah. This you one over, the number is way too low, 42, 43. It yeah. should be in the 60s. It was up to 45 right now, but still way. Yeah, it should be in the 60s. People are hyping up this Georgia defense, which the Georgia defense is good if you're playing South Carolina. It doesn't have yeah. an offense. Yeah. Right? But against Alabama, um, it got exposed. 
Your defense or defensive backs got exposed with, wait a second, you got Bill O'Brien, <laughs> right? NFL head coach as the offensive coordinator and Doug Marone as your offensive line coach. Your offensive line coach is a former NFL head coach, right? So if Michigan, with all those defensive coordinator for Michigan, comes from the Ravens, with all that hard rock coaching, I'm saying Gaddis is their offensive coordinator. Gaddis is the assistant of the year, right? He's the assistant Royals award-winning coach of the year. He's going to figure out how to get into that Georgia secondary. Uh, Chad worked out with McNamara. He says he can see him in the pocket. So Michigan should score some points to get this game over. Yeah, I mean, they only got to score, what, 21 to get this one over? I right. Mean, that's that's and, getting, and this is getting, the Harbaugh family. They're going to get a special teams touchdown. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, this game's going to be either way, 28 to 21. Yeah. Uh, somewhere right in there. I don't. I don't see. You know. I mean, I, I Georgia could blow them out, but I. I don't see a. I really don't see a blowout in this one. Yeah, I could see Georgia blowing them out in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. If but Megan like being, throws a pick six or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like I could. I could see them blowing them out if they're down. You know, like say they're down fourteen. You know, then they come out and they they win by seven and win the second half by twenty one. I could see right. something. That's what like I'm that. thinking. Yeah. Michigan gets out to a lead. You know, they come back. It's 21-21, and McNamara throws a pick six. And, yeah. you know, Georgia gets that momentum. You know, then Michigan goes three and out, and then Georgia against a now tired, depressed Michigan <laughs> defensive line in that heat runs it down the throat late in the second half of the third quarter into the fourth. So on that day, right, you got the Gator Bowl. Oh, so this is Eastern times, right? So it's 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. for Chad and I, which we love. You wake up, boom, there's football on. <laughs> uh, Wake Forest, high scoring team we talked about against Rutgers, and Rutgers is a fill in. Uh, first team couldn't make it. Gianna was like, I'm ready to play. Well, we're ready, man. <laughs> we're ready to go. Hello, Jacksonville, Florida, Gator Bowl. So we got this line here. Uh, I don't see a line for this game. Yeah, because it's too crazy, yeah? Yeah, I think oh, the, this probably – this is what – this is Friday. So, yeah, I don't think we'll get a line on this one maybe, maybe till, till tomorrow or Wednesday. Right. I think they're kind of sorting it all out. Trying yeah, because it's all Wake Forest. Wake Forest is in height. Uh, yeah. What I see on Vegas Insider. Oh, I see 14 and a half. Yeah. Yep. Minus 14 and, and a half. 61 and a half. Take the over right now with the sound of our voice and take minus 14 before it gets any higher. Yeah. Because Rutgers, they were, they were all eating big, you know. Gianna's one of those – he did it with the Bucks. Yeah, and, and Wake Forest $500 is – fine. Do you have coaches like that? He's, he's with a $500 fine. If anybody takes a picture of you, we see you at uh, McDonald's. Damn. Yeah. No, but I, I, uh, this game, yeah, I mean, you got to go. Wake Forest here. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they, and they're coming off a heartbreaking ACC championship loss right. to Pitt, you know, and, 
they've had their best season like ever, ever. 10 win season like they they are they're they're so in 11 win season they win this game 11 wins they got to get to 11 you know first 11 win season in you know 30 years you know so right remember yeah. this is a developmental program and Chan and I saw that last year where they were in the bowl game at like six to six but you could see that they it was all about developing the team for next year next next year they're gonna have nothing next year they're gonna be back to you know three and eleven or you know three and uh three and eight or yeah. three and three and nine right this is everything for them they have all kinds of super seniors on this team let me see uh ACC here. Let me see how many super seniors they have. Yeah, they got a ton. I remember looking at that before the season. They 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 are returning a lot. Right, and you talked about them. You we were talking about teams like this. We're gonna have a big year. Yeah, uh, because of the better, COVID. right. And before people caught up to us, uh, Wake Forest was cashing the over easy. It was cashing the side too. So that was a lot of easy money with. Your Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Looking at their roster before the season, that's why those podcasts are important to us because we uh, get the benefit of the research into you as well. So Wake Forest. Yeah, they, they were returning 11 on offense, almost all of them super seniors. Super seniors are guys that got the COVID year and been playing football there for seven years, man. You're basically a professional football player if you've been doing something for seven years, right? And they had nine on defense, but it didn't matter on defense. Their defense sucks. They cannot get a stop to save their lives. But they've also been on the field after quick scores. But it doesn't matter. They have to win every game in a shootout. Uh, Rutgers will score points, right? They're Big Ten team, but they're not going to be able to keep up, especially in the heat in Florida. It's going to be a track meet. So minus 14, over 60. This should be 70 or 80. We get, also, Rutgers just going to try to score some special teams points, per se. Uh, our experts at. All right, so Arizona Bowl. Boise State minus seven over 55 over Central Michigan. Uh, except for today, the MAC has gotten, has not covered anything. It can't stop anybody. <laughs> so it's been whoever's playing the MAC on the side and the over. Any objections? Boise State minus seven over 55. No, nah, I mean, the, yeah, I, I think uh, the MAC got their last win of bowl season today. Right. Um, playing it's, cash. it's kind of fun, man. Having two and oh for the day already, 1800 bucks before breakfast. I made 1800 a day before breakfast, man. What Western you, Michigan minus seven in the over? You're talking about the Central Michigan game, right? Right now, right? Central Michigan, oh, Boise, Arizona Bowl, 4 30 Eastern time, which is yeah, that's crazy so here. For some reason, my app does not have that one yeah. on there. But yeah, I'm not. Uh, Barstool Sports is going to be televising the game. I, I, that that's one network. I don't think I have, unless it's on Fubu. Yeah, it's got to be on Fubu. That's that's you know. But what were your picks? You say you're going Boise minus yeah, Boise minus, minus seven. Uh, over closer to home, they know you know they played in the area. 
over fifty five. Yeah, over fifty five. Yeah, that's I'm I'm right there with you. This game's going over, hundred percent. And yeah, I, I mean, the Mountain West is is just such a better conference. Uh, it is in the MAC. It, it really. I mean, they just defensively running the ball, offensive line. Um, it just seems to be a just a higher level of football. Boise, well, Boise State's more aspirational, right? Yeah, and Boise, Boise under the one that had those big upsets. So that when they're recruiting and putting a team together, the bowl game is to beat Oklahoma yeah. or something. And you know, and Boise's the best seven and five team in the Mountain West. You know, right. they're a team that's slightly underachieved record-wise this year, in my opinion. They could very easily, you know, be a, a, a nine and three type team. Um, it wasn't so, yeah. good that they started off the year going to UCF in Orlando. Because playing in that heat with pads on, and not really ready for it, that really depletes your body. It puts a toll on your body that I don't think you're ready to play football for another month, really. When you're not used to it, and they weren't prepared. You can tell now, now I've got some insight on this, where for medical staffs, teams in the South, if you don't bring in like 10 mystifying machines with you, to go with the ones on the sidelines, you're in trouble. And I didn't see any uh, missed machines on the sidelines The Boise State. You, you can't finish. Yeah. And we got and the, the second half line. And the same is 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 in cold environments. You got to bring the heaters, you know, right. on, on the bench. The heaters. Big money alumni like to pay all that money. Don't take all that money and put it in your pocket for administrative fees and pay yourself a salary. Buy some missed machines and some heat machines for the generating uh, revenue generating football team. Mm-hmm. All right. So Opvap goal in Tampa, Florida. Been in Southern California 13 years. Before that, used to go to the Opvap Bowl almost every year. Big Ten versus SEC. I like Penn State on the money line. Uh, over 48 in that heat. Again, Arkansas, developmental team for the SEC. They want to run that ball. They have a thrower at quarterback. This much time to prepare. Uh, coach Franklin knows how to do that. He knows how to prepare for the heat. He was a head coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, they're going to have more depth right now than Arkansas. Arkansas is going to have guys going to the NFL. Arkansas basically has a high school offense with Kendall Bryles. We should not be coaching because he's a lot of those rapes with his daddy at Baylor, Art Bryles. But they bring that spread, running type of offense. Uh, They're probably going to go tempo in the second half. So you have to look at that, maybe look hard at Arkansas second half line. But I like it going over 48 because I think Arkansas can score on Penn State and Penn State's going to have to retaliate. But Arkansas does not have the pass defense. They should have to handle a Penn State type team. So I like Penn State, money line, but over 48. What are your thoughts on this game, Chad? This is January 1. I like watching all day, every day of my whole life football on January 1st. This is going to be the first game off the gate. It is going to be 9 a.m. West Coast time. Yeah, I I like that pick a lot. I, I don't see why this total is so low at 48. Um, yeah, because they're looking at what happens in the season. And what happens in the season doesn't matter, especially now where the, the conditioning is not going to be the same. 
and you had a whole month for these coaches to scheme against each other. They're going to yeah. figure out how to score. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I love this one to go over. And, yeah, I think – I really just think Penn State is the more put-together team right now. Um, I love their corporate corporate governance. I think they they have the better coach here. Um, you know, Arkansas hasn't been in a postseason bowl game in a while. Right. Um, they haven't been here in a while in this spot. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that that favors Penn State a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think Penn State on the money line over 48 is uh, is the highest probability here to, to, to hit both sides. So, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, wake up, and then I start watching Rose Bowl parade preparations. And then I watch the Rose Bowl parade. All right. Sometimes Anna has to do this, that, so we have to pause it. And then I have to watch the Outback Bowl start late. <laughs> I haven't recorded. Then the Citrus Bowl comes on. Same thing. Uh, Big Ten, you know, because all the fan bases make it a huge vacation in Florida. So you have Iowa versus Kentucky. On the level they're at in each conference, those, these are two developmental teams. Uh, Kentucky, their whole defensive line is going to the NFL. So I wonder how many guys are defecting from that, from the bowl game. Iowa has a young developmental team, but they recruited good at high school for these guys. And they're not really freshmen, right? This is probably their second year in the program because of COVID. So they were working out all year. Horrible offense, right? Horrible offense. Uh, the re only reason they won it is because of special teams. Bill Belichick tree, and then Kentucky has to run the ball. They're not going to have all their players. Stoops family, defensive family. This is going to be a 24-10 slugfest in that heat. So it's going to go under. And I like Iowa. I like Iowa because I think their coach is better, and this game means a lot more to them. Kentucky was all about those SEC games. And they just got in embarrassed by Michigan and they should right. have some pride to get that taste out of their mouth right. against right. a weaker opponent because Harbaugh has a coaching grudge here and he absolutely ran it up, put extra touchdown exclamation. <laughs> he on did. He did. And really That's just. That's why coaching grudges. I missed that in the NFL. I'm going to have it on a hot like yesterday. I missed coaching grudges yet. And it cost me money. Yeah. Yep. And, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I really think this is kind of a get right, you know, for Iowa um, after getting embarrassed. Right. You know, you know a coach and like I think Kentucky's just favorite because of, yes, you see. Yeah, hype they shouldn't all. be favorite. You know, and, and, and a, a good coach like this Iowa coach does not get embarrassed two games in a row. No. Um, you know that embarrassing loss against Michigan has made him prepare for this game. I think he hasn't slept. All he's done has been watch, yeah. watch Kentucky film. He's going. We got to. He's got to get this to high school. Watching these kids back in high school. He's got to get this taste out of his mouth and get this win here. And you're getting three points. So, um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. And, and I mean, Iowa is just offensively what they do. You have to bet the under because they're just and travel too. I know Kentucky basketball travels. Kentucky will bring 20 fans over to your arena. Iowa will travel now. I don't think Kentucky football travels as well no. as I and they just had that tragedy there. Yeah. Two or three years ago, I watched Iowa play USC in the holiday bowl. Right. 
And boy, Iowa had way more fans than that USC oh, yeah. in San Diego. And, and brought, there's a lot of USC San Diego people who yeah. love to go to the Holiday yeah. Bowl. They, to Iowa, travel. So there Iowa, were probably 25, 30,000 USC fans there, but there were more Iowa fans. Yeah, and 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 Iowa brought their whole band. I right, was they're the loud. Band. Band the team can't snap now. the ball. The other team Have, won't be able to I mean, snap the ball. It's a home game for Iowa. You right, know, so big time. I expect, you know, in a warmer weather climate, Iowa loves this. It's just kind of kind of outside. Well, Iowa has played there before, so you're going to yeah. be prepared for the heat the, the in Big the Florida Ten, game like this. These Big Ten teams living up in the snowy tundra right now, they love oh, yeah. these bowl games. You know, they their fans travel well, so yeah. Conditioning is not going to be a problem because – I was used to playing the heat, and they suffered from it. They learned from their mistakes. I know they got blown out in the second half at the Outback Bowl. They came back to the Outback Bowl, and they talked about it. Believe me, they're going to be bringing 20 missile fire machines. They're going to have their team hydrated, ready to play. You're going to take the defensive linemen out in the first half to have fresh defensive linemen in the second half. Yeah, this is a complete market inefficiency. The wrong team's favored. Iowa should right. be minus three. You're getting six points, and it's because of the SEC. The SEC is SEC com- SEC com- completely moving this line and then and making it com- way off. So I, right. I, I love this one. I love some SEC bias, man, to make some money off. This is one that uh, you know, I'm glad I'm going to be at home that casino because after drinking a little bit, I might be putting 25 percent of bankroll. On the Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> and the under. <laughs> All right. So after that, we'll go uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. So it's going to be three games on at the same time. So we're going to have those three, three TVs going on. My home, January 1st. At this time, because at the same time, it's a Fiesta Bowl in Arizona, Oklahoma State against Notre Dame. <laughs> Oklahoma State coach has been there 20 years. He's been running his mouth. Uh, he has to win this game. Notre Dame was beaten by Cincinnati. Cincinnati does not have a coach, a head coach. He was focused on recruiting. Now he has to scheme up. He has to be the head coach. And a defensive coordinator against an offensive guru. I know he worked out with Mason Rudolph. Notre Dame is this is the wrong team favorite again. It's the same. It should be Oklahoma State. Notre Dame has a lot of money. There's a lot of like people that are close to. Let me tell you this. I know of this one guy, Notre Dame guy. The the only reason they're saying that he's not a billionaire is because he bets blindly million dollars on Notre Dame. You know. To bet a million dollars, it has to be a special arrangement. arrangement with yeah, you gotta you he gotta bets, have a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bets a million dollars blindly every game on Notre Dame. Me or you can't just walk in anywhere and bet a million dollars. No, we we can go up to one hundred and eighty thousand, yeah. and if they know us, we can talk him to two hundred twenty thousand. Bet, yeah. but you can't bet beyond that. This guy's betting a million dollars. He goes offshore to cruise lines and puts it down. He goes to Vegas. They know this guy. And all he does is bet Notre Dame blindly. That's just one guy. Notre Dame has their, you know, top five richest alumni groups. This guy's betting 180 grand every game, Notre Dame, right? Drives this lineup. Now, 
sports betting isn't regulated, so we don't have the real numbers. We just have to look at the market. Look at the Kentucky Derby, right? $250 million to bet on the Kentucky Derby. So you're looking at each bowl game from New Year's on, there's going to be $250 million bet on each game. So you got to look at what's going on, like Chad and I know what's going on with these games, these teams. What's the probable outcome? Then how much money each alumni group has, right? It Regular people are cashing on because people are like, oh, Texas A&M has the largest alumni group, and that's the only Alabama loss this year. And Texas A&M had four losses. <laughs> the quarterback, did Jimbo and Coach Satan have an agreement? We don't the know. We, we just, just know the these facts. The SEC has so much bias. I mean, how, how right. good is the SEC behind Alabama and Georgia, really? I mean, right. I really think it's just as good as any, right. any yeah. other conference. You know what I mean? Right. I mean look no, at, totally. I mean, Alabama struggled with Florida a little bit, you know? They struggled right. with overtime Florida with Auburn. Right. And Florida and Auburn are, went out of conference and got beat by teams that aren't, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Penn State yeah. beat Auburn. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Florida has some bad losses. Um, I mean, I remember they played, like, Samford. They were, like, losing in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Like, Samford. Samford and Sun University there. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I really think the SEC – I thought Georgia was overhyped going into that Bama game. But we were all They're not over, a complete but, team. They have a bad secondary. Yeah. We are all over Alabama plus seven. You know, I, I, I really think that the SEC – We'll take it, though. We'll take the money. Yeah, we will. And in, But in bowl season, I'm saying I don't expect the SEC to win the Bowl Cup Challenge. I don't expect they never I mean, do I, though. They never do. They always never lose do. because once they get out, you know, they get exposed. I mean, they and got. Eight, I hate, I hate the argument. Won. Oh, the SEC team wasn't up for them. Yeah, they were. Games yeah. they win, you're you're not saying anything. Yeah, they they're just as up as the other team. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, they, I mean, it's you. You mean you see? I just make money doing it, man. I'll take it. I'll take the money, yeah. man. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely something this year. I think. I mean, I, I think at best, you know, eight. I think they have eight teams, and I think at best, SEC goes four and four. I could easily see them going three and five. As they a usually do, but they go two, two and six against the spread. Yeah. We go six and two. Yeah, we'll exactly. take the money. And and they get an extra bowl game with the with two teams in the playoffs. Yeah, this is New Year's Day, so that means that all the way from the day before. These couples with all this money are going there betting the overs and betting the favorites. Uh, they drive these SEC lines high. And then the way ESPN is hyping them up, ESPN paid $3 billion with a B to outbid CBS for SEC football. That's why they hype them so much. PR machine. And people put their hard-earned money on them, which is an investment, like he told you at the beginning of the podcast. Chad and I are not going to invest. And those bloated, high, expensive SEC lines. So, same thing with Notre Dame. They're in transition. They lost to Cincinnati. Uh, Oklahoma State coach, been there 20 years. All month to scheme, right? All month to scheme against these guys. Offensive coach, uh, Notre Dame's going to be playing from behind. They're going to throw the ball, try to get – this game's over, going over for sure. So I like Oklahoma plus three or whatever it balloons to. You might see this at plus seven. 
because it's Notre Dame. People just blindly betting Notre Dame. Like they're doing the well, – they used to make the playoffs. I'm like, how's not Notre Dame, you know, not plus 15 or something? They're going to get blown out. Easy money. Rose Bowl, a team we saw play. Can you imagine that? You and I see a team play that's going to the Rose Bowl for, I think, the tickets were 15 bucks each. We were field level watching Utah at uh, whatever name of the stadium. They changed the name of the stadium. The Dignity, play. Dignity Health Center or some shit. <laughs> right, something like that. Used to be Home Depot. USA. Then they changed it again, and now it's Dignity Health. All right. So, and I like, I'm picking them. I'm, I'm going plus seven, over 66. Uh, Ohio State doesn't want to be there. Anybody going through the pros is gone. Uh, this coach, now Urban Meyer's back, so he'll be all right. But without Urban Meyer being in Ohio, this guy hasn't proven he can coach yet, especially on defense. I think Ludwig has an advantage as the offensive coordinator. Willingham never loses bowl games. You're going to give me seven, maybe eight points by the time they kick off half hour before Roseville. Roseville is notorious for inflating the line late. Uh, if this goes plus eight, I'll bet it again. Uh, again, hype, right? This is not Ohio State from back in the day. Urban Meyer, we got there. 2015, they won the national title. Or Trestle, when he won the title. It's not this type of Ohio State team. They're in the first year of a two-year cycle. Next year, they're going to be lights out. Uh, this year, they're breaking in a new offensive line, uh, all that. Same thing for Utah, really. But So Utah's going to have more of an incentive, less travel. A lot of guys from Southern California, they're eating with their families before they have to go to the hotel the last few days. Yeah, it's a home game for Utah. Ohio State travels well, though. I think the stadium will be 50-50. It's a lot of traditional Ohio State people at the stadium. It's all red. They're both red, so you can't tell. Yeah, and I think the Utah fans, we were right next to them, they're going to be more enthusiastic. They're the ones that are going to be going crazy while they're trying to snap the ball. Pac-12 championship game in Vegas. I mean, Utah fans were going absolutely berserk. Yeah. So I think they're going to have the more fan enthusiasm. So give me the Utah Utes plus eight over 66. The Pete Carroll rule. Scott Cove gave it the name, the Pete Carroll rule. If you live in the past, you stay in the past. The line makers have an old school line 66. This game, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at each other. Uh, I think the winner might be in the at least the 40s. Yeah. Uh, COVID, right? No stamina in the second half. Gonna be a lot of running back and forth. What did you ask, Chad? Yeah, now I'm with you. Um, I'm on this balloon line. Uh, I'm on this balloon line. I think, you know, give me uh, Utah plus seven or on the other side of a touchdown here. I love that. And then, yeah, I, I, I mean, I see this being a shootout. Southern California, weather should be nice. Right. Nice turf. That's the best field in college football. 
Yeah, I, I see this one being like, you know, 38 to 38, last team with the ball uh, uh, to, to win the game uh, right. type deal here. So, yeah, I, I like this one to go over. I think both teams offensively um, are a lot better than the other team defensively in this one. So, yeah, I mean, I think – I really think Utah can win this game. I think their motivation is going to be very, very high. Um, you know, Ohio State, I think, feels like they underachieved this year by not making the playoff, where Utah, I think, it overachieved this season where they were early on, uh, had two losses, early losses, made the quarterback switch to Cam Rising in week three or four against San Diego State, the game we were at. Um you know, so they had to overcome that adversity. They kind of overachieved from that point. You know, they had the the death on the team two years in a row, which right. I think kind of brought them together. Um, you know, Aaron Lowe's mom has been at the Pac-12 championship. She's kind of been with the team. She's yeah, been- I'm going to have to um, lean on you guys and Chance. We got to do a podcast in the offseason, and I'm going to do some research myself because out of the top 15 rappers, right, as far as money and charting on Apple uh, downloads and uh, sales, right? Out of the top 15, eight of them have been shot and killed. So I, what's going on with all these murders, man? There have been a lot of murders in Utah now two years in a row. And they're kind of synonymous because some NFL players fun rappers, right? So these guys you went to high school with and you see out there, there's yeah. a, it's a high – it's always been high, but it's a higher level, it seems, right now. Or maybe is it the, the news you see more of it? Because I remember when I went oh. to high school 30 years ago, there was a lot of murders. There was a lot of kids that I went to I mean, school. I mean, I, I have a conspiracy theory thing that I believe. <laughs> right. I mean, if you, you can go back to Tupac and Biggie, they both got killed. So, right. I mean, this is something that's been constant since rap became this big of a market. Right. A lot of these rappers make more money after their death because of merchandise and their music sales and unreleased music. So these labels that own their money, that own all the rights to their stuff, are making triple what they made while that artist was alive. You know, they're tripling the money while they're dead. So, um, you know, there's so a lot. That, of that, that's a good thought. That's a good thought because these guys are, are easy to kill if you're a top gun type of you know burglary ring drug yeah. ring kingpin it's easy for you to kill a rapper yeah. and then get and out I mean, the rights i also believe there's a spiritual aspect and you know i think people can really sell their soul for wealth fame <laughs> and, and riches i mean that's a real thing so you know if you're doing that to, to become rich and famous i mean there's a price some, it's always a price there's a price to pay you know and then you know when when the, when the devil runs out of his you know his his use for you's up you know i mean that you're up yeah. i mean yeah, all right, but yeah. people are like, "Yo, this is not a religious stuff podcast." Let's get back to football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm like, all oh, these rappers getting killed, and then football players being killed. Utah, two years in a row from that same culture, right? Yeah, interesting. LA, whatever. I never, I'll never forget Sean Taylor, man. I was in middle school crying. He got, you know, he got killed. He's my favorite player of all time. You know, probably one of the best safeties ever to play the game. And I was in Florida at the time, and it was like it was typical. He made a mistake can't bring anybody into your house man because it's a jealousy factor yeah same yep. thing with uh pop smoke he made a stupid um 
John Taylor, his mistake was trusting too many people. And he was his own bodyguard, his own protector. Yeah. And he had a machete. The other dude who he brought in his home, who he helped out, shot him. And I was like, oh, classic mistake. Because I remember having the restaurant, just a tiny restaurant. The people that you help and you're the kindest to the most, that's who you got to watch out and try to kill you yeah, because of right. some sort of jealousy. People take that kindness for weakness, man. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. So Utah plus seven, whatever balloons to over 66. Last, always the last game of the evening. Always some sadness ensues as this, <laughs> as watching football all day, every day. <laughs> right. Comes to a close. Uh, watch this game always closely. Got the Baylor Bears, which Chad has been on all year, man. I was wrong. He was right. He made money on them. I didn't until the end. So I listened to them and took him in the Big 12 championship game. <laughs> Got to find out where Aranda is. Uh, he did a great job with his team. But, you know, uh, Matt Rule left this program nothing. Everybody thought he was going to go to LSU. Dave Aranda. Everybody thought he was going to go to USC, right? Because he's a black guy and, you know, the liberals in LA, one African American. Head coach, and then when they had Williams, just you know, wasn't experienced enough, and he really hadn't done anything. Believe me, I haven't coached football, and I can recruit at Oregon or USC. <laughs> you know, it's hard to recruit when you're recruiting for like uh, Granville State, uh, Division Three school. Uh, he's staying at right. He's gonna stay at Baylor. Waco, Texas, uh, going against another overhyped SEC team. They're saying Matt Corral's going to play. Start improving his NFL stock. Is it, what's up with Kiffin? Is he still is he coaching in this game? Yeah, he's he's not. He's I mean I know he was up for the Florida job, but it got to Napier, so now he's probably staying at Ole Miss. He never was going to Florida because he. Uh, He's got too many off the field. Issues. I mean, I mean Miami, Miami. That's what I was saying. Yeah, Crystal Miami. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Not, yeah, not for because Crystal Ball is a straight laced guy. He's married for kids. Catholic guy, big Satan guy. He has four national championships, and I think he he was he was on a twelve and zero Miami team, and maybe he was on probation or something in the nineties. Uh, so Crystal Ball, if Crystal Ball didn't take it, then. Lane Kiffin was in the ring. Lane likes a single life, even though his wife is super hot. Never know what these guys are thinking. He likes a single life, and that brought him problems. A lot of indiscretion. He doesn't care about Mississippi. Doesn't care about. He's making five million a year. Uh, he's good in the transfer portal. Uh, he he's a his dad coach. Won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. He was there. I used to see him. I used to see Liam Kiffin all the time at Bucks training camp with his sister, who is Joe Barry's wife. Sister's hot. His wife, Layla, very extremely hot. His wife, Layla, when you see her in person, most guys can't talk. I couldn't talk when I saw her in person. She's that, like, she's one of those, there's hot and there's like devastating. 
hot where, where saliva is coming out of your mouth and you can't talk. <laughs> You're looking at this lady. That's uh, She's in L.A. now. Once he got fired off USC, she stayed in L.A. And he went off. Divorced because he was cheating on her. And she's one of the hottest women of all time. Can't figure these guys out. She's way hotter than what they talk about Andy Enfield's wife. And she's way hotter than Gavin Newsom's wife. All people I met in person had conversations with. And Chad knows, since I'm a loud, short, bald-headed Cuban, they know who I am just because there's not a lot of, a lot of loud, <laughs> short, bald-headed Cubans, even a lot of the places they can hang out at. So they know who I am. Uh, but that's Liam Kiffin, man. And he's in this game, if you look at the corporate structure against Baylor. Uh, I'm going to look at the lines here. Uh it's Mississippi Baylor. minus one yeah. over under 65. I like the under 55 because Lame is old school. He'll end up running it. And I like maybe Matt Corral airmailing a couple of times. Aranda sitting at home figuring out how to uh, figure this out. And I'm getting points. So give me Baylor, Baylor Bears, plus two under. 56. Yeah, I think, too, the fact that this game is the last game of the day, um, and I think we're going to see some overs right before it. It'll um, be higher than that. Yeah, I think it's going to go up. Like, if we – right. Um, you Just know, you wait got, a half hour before kickoff or game day. A lot of people are betting five games. If we – If we're, yeah. and parlays. If we're right – If we're right on these totals and three out of four go over before this game, Expect to get a 60 and go under that thing. Right, because if if everybody and their mother parlayed all the overs, they have to put that line high. Because if that those parlays hit over 56, yeah, you lose a lot of money. So they want you want to they want some unders in there. So that's where we come in under 60. Yeah. I've seen a balloon high. I've seen yeah, and Baylor's gonna run. Baylor likes to establish that run game too. So, you yeah. know, if, and if, if Lane Kiffin decides to, 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 you know, get a little run heavy here as well, um, both teams, I, I think well, you could see more run than we're, you would expect to see from them throughout the season, what you saw. Uh, Lane Kiffin likes to party himself, right? So his whole team's going to be party. This is in New Orleans. You're going to hear something about this game three games before, you know, three Mississippi guys at a strip club and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Baylor, I think, is going to be more disciplined. That's why I like Baylor in this. So, that being said, Lame knows this, so he's going to have a more conservative game plan, right? Because he knows he, he's not going to have 100% concentration level. So, so it's, you know, let's beat these guys playing, you know, old school football, running on them. RPOs with, uh, what's his face? With Corral. And uh, Corral doesn't really have anything to prove here. Um, no. his, his draft stock's pretty solidified. He's already getting paid for the bowl games, getting like yeah. 100 grand for the bowl game. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, he's he – You a kid, 22 years old, 100 grand, and then say, okay, go to Bourbon Street, man, for the bowl game. <laughs> the recipe for disaster. Shit, right? Recipe to end up in jail with some charges. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, that, that would not have been good for me at 21 to have all that money going to a ball game, be the starting quarterback, 
You know, should have been Heisman. Oh, man, ridiculous. Baylor's going to have more discipline for this game. Because they're not going to be out there doing all that stuff. Where you're like, yeah. hey, coach, you have to worry about out there partying. <laughs> Much less like, we're just hanging out with our coach. Guy. <laughs> we're yeah. just with our coach. We're not even doing anything. Uh, so, yeah, so we like Baylor plus two. Under what it balloons to. Because if people are parlaying and teasing uh, Vegas, because I've seen like the Rose Bowl that's at 66 be at 80. The Rose Bowl, I'm like, I've never seen 80 points scored in a Rose Bowl game. Ever. Oh, you know, we're gonna we we'll probably see it this year though. This is okay. yeah. This year's different because the times have changed. But normally, uh, Rose Bowl being a big game, kind of a championship game, Rose Bowl championship game, defenses would tighten up in the last quarter, like Penn State USC. You know, they'll tighten up late in the in that fourth quarter where USC's defense tightened. They were able to beat Penn State. Uh, there's no tightening of defenses anymore, uh, especially in COVID era with the conditioning. You can't run the Oklahoma drill. Then the next day, Coach O's last game that we have at the beginning of the podcast. We'll beat your ass in recruiting. We'll beat your ass every time we see you. And that's the 24th bowl game we've covered in this podcast. Thank you, Chad. For helping me get through it. Yep, yep. A lot of games, but that's a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money, man. <laughs> if you had 80%, 24 bowl games, $1,000 a game, you're making really good money heading into college basketball. Uh, Kansas State's going to be undermanned. Coach O is paying players to come be there. Coach O recruited him. Coach O can get people up for a one-game situation. They're not going to have the starting quarterback. He wasn't that good anyways. He got benched. Uh, LSU is going to have more players for this game. All right. So, I like LSU. Uh, minus – actually, you're getting, you're getting money here. So, you're getting LSU plus four. Plus, yeah, plus three and a half. You're over that key number. I love that. Yeah, over that key number. I'll buy the half a point, make it four. Because LSU, Coach O, last game, he can get people up. He's paying people. He's that type of guy. You want to play for him? I remember against You Can't Finish University. He got, he got him up for You Can't Finish. Even though they had, like, a whole pro team, guys going pro. He got him up for that game. Different situation. He, he's a, he knows how to fire up people. He has talent advantage. Kansas State is depleted anyways. They're a developmental team. They recruit all the all the recruits are zero stars. So it doesn't matter. And they don't both teams are not gonna have depth. Uh it's gonna be Houston, Texas, crawfish down there on the way from LSU to Houston. So I like LSU plus four. Uh, I, I think the bookmakers are living in the past. This game's going over. Way hey, over. They're tripping. Over oh, yeah. 48. Come on. Yeah, good for them. I mean, good for us. Yeah, yeah. No, this game's easily getting over. This. Um, I mean, both. All I need is both teams to get to twenty-one to get me to right. forty-nine. So, I think, you know, Kansas State's got a pretty legit running back. He's gonna, he's gonna get bust some. You know, Kansas State should be able to move the ball a little bit. Um, 
But I'm getting to a shootout, especially second half. Both teams are depleted, so all starters are going to be dead tired. Yeah. In the second half, dude. I, I I just could not see this game not getting to forty nine. I mean, the okay. seven I touchdowns. Can throw one of those burners, or maybe when somebody's coming back this year, and they yeah. should always get a play wide yeah. open on a shot. And, and Orgeron is going to like he's going to. I mean, anything he's got saved up is thrown out there because he's he might his might not be coaching next year. So. Why save it? What? 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 Both teams, right? Or any team in a bowl game? Why put in? Why leave out what you have in their back pocket that you've been saving, or that you have, or just use in the rivalry game with this group of players? Because you're not going to have these group of players ever again. Yeah. And you've seen what works, and there's no need to hide it anymore. You're going to watch film on it. No, the, the film of these bowl games. For the most part, the trash. Nobody's gonna sit there and watch him. Exactly. You don't have the same group of guys. So go for it. Trick plays. LSU's gonna have trick plays, block punts. They don't care. Right? Where you know, go show. So we go out all out on punt. No, we might get a 15-yard penalty. We need the yardage. SEC game. This game, coach, we're going full. <laughs> they're, they're telling the coach what they're doing. You know, like Coach O, this is going to be, you know, full out, pump play. So that, that makes the game go over too, right? Chances that you're taking on special teams you normally would not take. Going for two. Um, yeah. I, another thing to add in that Utah game, the Rose Bowl, another plus for Utah is that uh, Ohio State might have some, some key guys sitting out. Oh, yeah. Which is – Gonna help Utah. Yeah, guys at Oregon beat. Yeah, they were on the field and Oregon beat them. Yeah. So now you're gonna get Ohio State backups coming in there. They're gonna be five star. So what it tells me is that coach is an offensive guy. Uh, coach Wilson, who's offensive coordinator too at Ohio State, he used to have Indiana ready to go. And just getting shootouts. So this is what you'll have. You'll see a shootout. Boom boom. Right, so over 66. Sound of our boys, people listening on the podcast live stream, bet Rose Bowl over now because this is the best number you're going to get. But the opposite with Utah, if those Ohio State people start going to the casinos on New York Day, the new sports books they haven't been to on a New Year's Day, there's going to be a lot of new people at the sports book betting Ohio State on New Year's Day, Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl used to be more better than the Super Bowl. So there's some people who don't even watch football regularly that normally bet the Rose Bowl. So this Rose Bowl game is going to be nuts from a betting perspective. And then line changes right there at the end. So that's it, man. 24 bowl games. We covered God knows many. I think in the first podcast, we had, I think, 21 bowls. So 45 bowl games, uh, 21 and 6. 27 bowl games on the first one, 24 on the second one. We look to go similarly, and that's a lot of money bidding a thousand dollars a game, a lot of money bidding a hundred bucks a game, a lot of money bidding 25 bucks a game. Betting equally at 80% clip, your bankroll is gonna be in good shape. Last word, Chad Nolan. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, man, I'm 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 ready to watch these games. Uh nothing, nothing else from me. We got yeah, a full no, sad. One of those games got canceled today. We saw one early. We got a condom early. 
Now yep. we're looking now. We got this done. I'll post the podcast everywhere. And then after I post the podcast everywhere, on to Monday Night Football. Saints plus three. Then I got to look at the old runner. All right. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast. All these picks are free. You don't have to pay Action Sports $300. We gave you more information in this podcast. Really, anybody should process about these bowl games. Uh, so we end with Winston Churchill. We don't charge. We give you this information for free. As a lot of folks on the podcast, listening to the podcast, have collaborated to make us a lot of money. Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast. That's why this one cost us eight hundred dollars, and that goes to work. And I don't know what that cost. I'm just shitting the work. That's why I work.